Welcome back to another episode of the Failed Blockbusters Season 3. We're on Episode 6. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Matt Garingo. Yes, and we're, we're cranking them out. We are. Year. We're more than halfway through. We haven't, major, we haven't had a major delay yet. Like we've, No, uh, no. I, I took a week off in uploading, but like that's just to make sure we kind of had everything in order. And we, we haven't fallen off track, so maybe I didn't even need to do that, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. That's good. To, it's good to be, be yeah, careful. Yeah. It gave you more time but to go back left? to listen to the other ones. Uh, well, after today's episode, a little battle angel that we have announced, by the way, that like only the announced one. Yes, made, uh, so. after today's episode for a little battle angel directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, we've got fantastic. Yeah, I, I was. I'm not going to say the names. We have two more. <laughs> well, actually, people know what the other two. It's, it's fantastic, Mr. Fox and Hugo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I forgot people voted on this. I already forgot that. Yeah, yeah, that's what, <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. Uh huh. And so, then I think we, we might have some more at the very yeah. Tail there, end. Might, there might be something. So, there might be something. Yeah. We'll see. Circumstances might dictate what they are, but yeah, we'll cross that bridge. When yeah. We get to it. Um. So we. But we, yes, we are here to talk Alita Battle yeah. Angel. From 2019, the, which feels like from a decade. It ago feels like point. a lifetime ago. I know what has happened to this world. I I I don't I don't know I don't know. If they start if they start building uh motorball stadiums, we know there's a fucking problem. Motorball or rollerball? Is that the that's the one right? Rollerball, James Con. Rollerball is the yeah. Mo- yeah the movie which I had to have influenced. Motorball, yeah, I, it's it's but... shockingly similar. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just this one cyborgs and it's significantly more it, somehow. Yeah, somehow they did that. And I assume, um, based on Alita Battle Angels presence online, we might have some new listeners. Yes, today. hello, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome, and I want to get that out of the way because uh, they might be a little annoyed that the see uh, Alita Battle Angel listed under our series failed blockbuster yeah i explained it in some other episodes but i'll explain it again here just because it's a failed blockbuster uh critically or at the box office does not mean it's a failure in our heart and to get it out of the way it's safe to say alita battle angel is not a failure in our hearts yeah. yes it is yeah let's not let's not have any suspense here about this one we are both uh fans of this yeah. movie uh, i would say early defenders oh yeah as big well. fans but big it was, fans it wasn't it wasn't like us. Uh, we didn't like come around on it later. Like we, I think we both saw this in theaters, and we were both immediately like, "No, good movie." Mm-hmm. Like, um, and and also and also I know that the other thing is where we're calling it a failed blockbuster. I'm sure some are rushing to the comments to tell us that it might not be as failed as we thought it was based on recent news. But I think we'll talk. We we know what that is in reference to, and we might talk about that uh, at the end of the episode. Yes. Because Alita's journey has certainly been an interesting one. Yeah. So we got to talk about, like, three separate filmmakers, the history of the the manga, and... A very abbreviated history, I should say. I, I'm not gonna... I can't give a, 
a huge history. Yeah, but, uh, but we also unfortunately have to talk about like 20th Century Fox kind of getting sucked into the into Disney, also because yeah. I do think that influences like the rollout for this movie, which I think was initially a disaster. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, here's here's what I remember. I I, I just remember. First of all, I remember it. The road to get this movie made took a long time, right? I've been I've been hearing about this movie for maybe uh, twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> like, in fact, like I I knew about it when I was a a literal child. I had heard that this movie was coming, and I had been waiting for it. And then it just felt like one day out of nowhere, like after like a long development, it was like, oh hey, it's coming out. Robert Rodriguez is doing it. James Cameron's producing. It's coming out next year. And it was like, whoa, wait, whoa. Like, it felt like really quick all of a sudden. Yeah. And then I remember the first trailer dropping. And I just remember just like, it's that thing that happened sometimes. It happened with, uh, it happened with recently with the Dungeons and Dragons movie where that first trailer dropped and you're just like, oh, this is going to bomb. Like, it just like immediately had that vibe to it, mm-hmm. right? Like, not that the movie looked bad. Just that, like the 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 vibe that that trailer generated, it was like, oh, this this isn't gonna hit the way you want it to, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not it's not gonna blow the doors off the place, and um, the uh, the anime eyes, as people call it, were uh, front and center in the trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, people uh, let's just say people were divided initially. On yeah. It. I did not think it looked very good with that first trailer. I'll say that right now. Um, okay. Um, here's here's what was weird about it though is that like, I I didn't mind it, but I didn't want to be the guy to defend the anime. <laughs> eyes. Like, I did because like, you know I don't know what the movie's gonna be at that point. Like I'm excited for it, but I don't know what it's gonna mm-hmm. be. So it could be, and I don't want to be on the record being like, I, I think I think she looks fine. Like I don't want to be that person. And everyone else, it was just like everyone was kind of like, roll up. Let's. This is the next movie to laugh at. And I think that's partly why it's developed this really strong online fan base. I think there were other people like me who were like, we have to protect this movie. <laughs> like I felt bad that people were like ganging up on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Because it felt like people were so immediately rejecting it, yeah. right? Like it just felt like from the get go, and I was like, "No, we can't, we can't, no, like give it a chance, people." Like I, I, I had no idea if it was actually going to be good, but I was like, "We got, we got to give it a little bit of a chance." Aren't we always talking about wanting Hollywood to take chances, <laughs> and it looks like they're finally doing it, and now you're all being like, "Ooh, like yeah." Uh, so at least that was my vibe initially. I don't remember. It ended up being like a weird, re- like I just remember it comes out in like February, right? Like it had like a weird yeah, release. February. Um, but after that first trailer, they did like a live stream interview with, I think Rodriguez and Rosa Salazar and John Landau. Mm-hmm. And I just remember it had hundreds of viewers. And I don't think those are the numbers that they wanted. Because I kind of just checked in, I was like, 400-something or whatever. Like, And maybe that number went up at some point in that live stream, but I was just like, oof. And then I moved on about my day. I was like, ah, uh, because I've talked about it before. I love Robert Rodriguez. I don't love everything he's done, but I love Rodriguez. He's essential to my DNA as, like, a human being and, like, movie lover at this point. 
Um, uh, last decade's kind of rough for him. I I like the first machete, and then I don't like anything until the Battle Angel. <laughs> Alright, um, alright. I'm not sure if I'm that harsh on the guy. Um, but he's always trying stuff. He's always right? trying like, stuff. He he's a fucking fast shooter. He's a fast editor. He's a, a fast producer. Like he can I mean, he will never stop getting work until the day he dies because he, he's on time, on budget. Um he he's a director who can make decisions faster without having to fucking ruin a production day and people seem to like to work with him. Uh I I'm just well, I forget that yeah, he's done, he's done a lot. It is it, it, like he's done like ten movies since Machete. Like I did not realize that. Yeah, because I think I've only seen a handful. I'm like I saw Machete Kills, which is whatever. The Sin City sequel, which was like a huge bomb in like ten years. Today, yeah, right? I did see that one in theaters. It was a like, why are we still a doing little this, bit? Yeah. Right? It was a like we, we, the time yeah. has passed for this. Yeah, Alita's in the middle of that, and then he does the um, the weird Shark Boy and Lava Girl sequel. We can be heroes. Did uh, you? Oh, you know what? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling it would be fine. I'm yeah. I'm a uh, uh, a somewhat a defender of Shark Boy and Lava. Oh look, Girl. It, it is the extension of what he started with Spy Kids, which is by the way. Yeah. A psychotic pivot from the director who made the El Mariachi trilogy and the faculty before yeah. to do a Spy Kids trilogy. Well, talk about, like, I talked about in the Mimic episode in my childhood of just watching the sci-fi channel. Mm. Imagine being a kid going to see every Spy Kids movie in theaters and then the faculty is also on the sci-fi channel and realizing it's the same Yeah, that's guy. so fucking <laughs> awesome. It is, it is great. Um, I, remember, I also remember once upon a time in Mexico being one of the first, like, upsetting violent movies that i saw like where i was still kind of young oh boy, really you know? doesn't De- doesn't johnny depp get his eyes like cut out in that yeah. movie like i remember that being a really upsetting thing and then now you're like yeah that's probably a good thing <laughs> no 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 nah. now i'm just like with violence and stuff like i just it doesn't but like back then it was like you know i think someone gets like hit by a car in that movie and like i was still young enough that like that was really extreme mm-hmm. yeah. you know uh and then, like, the Sin City movies come later and shit like that. Which, I remember when that, like, first one came out, people were like, we haven't seen anything like this. And it kind of had that mm-hmm. vibe. And I, th- I think I think it mostly holds up. I'm not, like, a giant fan of it. But I think it's it holds up better than it gets credit for. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Like, it, it is, like, he's trying stuff with, like, the digital technology. Like, he is always trying to push the medium forward. Well, that's... We'll get to that, but that's why he was picked to do this movie, obviously. Yeah, right? and like, I, I'll, it, I'm just going to say it, probably one of the few directors who could work under Cameron and not want to kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's that angle. I say that as a huge James Cameron fan, so. And defender of Terminator uh, Dark Fate. <laughs> but was there anything else about the release that I just don't... The only other thing I remember is that... Uh, um. I think the the first Captain Marvel movie was coming out like right after it. Yes, right? this is still in that era where a Marvel movie is just going to decimate the box office. Yeah, right? like if you open in the wake of it, you better make your money quick because once the Marvel movie's out, you're done. And then those movies kind of got pitted against each other in certain circles. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember that, yeah. and I, which I'm never a fan of. I, I don't like pitting movies against each other. I'm always more like. 
let's just, you know, let's let's let the movies be movies. I'm much more the Barbenheimer angle of like, let's let's try to get both of these movies to succeed if they're good, if they're good and there's nothing but, reprehensible about them. Because once in a while you see a movie coming yeah. out and you're like, ooh, I don't like that person in there. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> don't. What are we doing? I mean, that's how. But uh, that's how. Yeah, it. yeah. So. Um, but no, yeah, and, and I think we're both also defenders of Captain Marvel, like on the Marvel curve. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, the, on the on the Marvel grading curve, Alita eats its lunch. Oh, 100%. Lunch, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I did kind of like going to Captain Marvel, which I didn't have a straight reputation. I kind of went like, I don't know, I thought it was all right. But that seems to be my vibe with a lot of Marvel origin movies, mm-hmm. right? Like the first one, I'm always like, yeah, it was pretty good. And then the sequels are the one where I was like, oh, wait, what the fuck are we yeah. doing here? Apologies but, to the Marvels, but, which... Yeah, which is almost certainly yeah. going to bomb. Fun trailer. Yeah. I, I whatever. I'm, I'm not gonna even see it. I, I don't watch them anymore. Yeah, but... we don't need. We're, this is not no. Captain. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but I, I think the last thing I'll just mention on that because I do think this is important because they showed the the Captain Marvel trailer, which I thought also looked bad, uh, like Alita. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I, I walked out of the theater with my buddy Cameron Carpenter, uh, friend of the show, I was like, yeah, Alita was like you were right because he was really looking forward to it because he's also a huge Rodriguez fan. He was. I, I told him he mm-hmm. you were right. This was great. I, I I loved it. I was like kind of cheering in my seat and shit with it too. That that Captain Marvel trailer, oof, oof. And then I'm like, no no no, guys, this is no no no. This is the one we like. We should like this one. <laughs> when I eventually watched it, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is. I think more of the beginning of my era of trying to like be like, you know what? I'm gonna wait till the movie comes out before I get super intense about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like. So just I just it, it I did really feel bad for Alita where like people it was like you know it felt like people were ganging up on it and then like I ended up being the one to drag people to go see it mm-hmm. right like I dragged my family to go see Alita Battle and you're like guess what everyone I brought with me liked it so and people that discover um, it now still seem to like it yeah it seems to be one where it keeps it has it's had this like interesting longevity where people are just like it's getting discovered by people and being like, why don't I know about this? This is way better than it's reputation. And you know why I think uh, it, it has such a better reputation now too, is that I think we're just done with that kind of, uh, to steal a phrase from my buddies over at the Action for Everyone podcast, I think we're done with the snark mind virus where every movie needs to yeah. have like snarky, like ironic comedy. Um, the, the protagonist has to be joking all the time, so yeah, there has to be too many moments of levity. And like Alita is a very sincere movie. Yeah, she's like a painfully earnest character, mm-hmm. right? That I mean, I mean, it, I it there are moments in this movie that when I saw it in theaters, it generated laughter, mm-hmm. right? That like how sincere her character is, and um, I'm like, no, but that's like what's great about it. But I think you are right. I think that sort of sincerity is helping it's like bringing it, it's certainly helping movie and i also think that it's easier to deal with that sort of sincerity when you are watching it at home and not in a theater yeah know? yeah but, although i will um, say my theater experience it was very positive i i didn't i didn't have the, no, the snarky laughter no I, I i felt like it felt like most of the people when i saw it came out of the theater being like that was pretty good people like seemed to like it some people walked out of it clearly were like that was weird and then another group was like, was that Edward Norton? <laughs> 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 Those seem to be the three vibes coming out of the movie. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was, it was one. And then it quietly made it to like $400 million, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it kind of held in there. It was one though, where it was like, 
for all the build up it it needed to do better but we'll talk more about that yeah yeah Let, let's talk a little bit about the movie people. now or well no I, I i i have yet to scratch the surface on my history with oh okay yes oh, yes please do because um, i think it's really relevant because we because the other big name in the room here is james cameron mm-hmm. uh, who james cameron post titanic post king of the world uh there's uh, we talked about this on the avatar episode of the wilderness years of james cameron yeah right? of the people just being like he's out there doing something <laughs> like and it's like and that is either he's going to the bottom of the ocean to visit the titanic wreck or uh he's working on these projects that no one really knows what they are and the two that are getting floated around are avatar which at that point is like just a name mm-hmm. right i think it might have had a different name initially and people were like, we don't even know what it is. Like, it's like, it's just a name. This is what we're going to. And the other is uh, an adaptation of uh, the manga Battle Angel, um, which has a different name in Japan. Um, it's called uh, Gun or Gunmu or something like that. I, I, I apologize for pronouncing that wrong. It's a different name. There's a lot of. It, it comes from that era where there's just like a bunch of weird arbitrary changes in translation. Mm. Um, it was one of the first like really crossover success mangas um, and it was like this thing of like what the fuck is that and in those years where I'm waiting for like what's James Cameron gonna do like because I'm, I'm you know I'm a kid discovering all his movies um, I'm watching like Terminator 2 and Aliens all the time and being like well when is this guy making something else and it's like these two movies Avatar and Alita and um, I'm like well what what which one is gonna get made i'm like well at least there's like source material for alita like at least i can seek that out so in like around it's got to be like the early 2000s um i go out and i'm like i'm gonna read this like uh um we've talked about we're both the adult swim era of like anime oh yeah yeah absolutely we saw the birth and rise of toonami and like that whole era so we but like it was still a very uncool thing Mm -hmm. right and as a younger kid, I was like, I should start reading manga. And I was like looking it up like what to read. And a lot of it was like very intimidating because they're like a lot of the series were very, you know, long at the time and have only since gotten longer, something like One Piece, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And uh, one of the things that attracted me to Alita was one, knowing that James Cameron was trying to work on an adaptation. And two, that the, the original run is only nine volumes, <laughs> which I'm like, that's man. <laughs> And this is an age where I am reading a ton of, you know, American comics. I'm reading, like, Captain America, The Flash, and Ultimate Spider-Man, right? No like, One Piece yet? At this point, I am... No One what? Piece yet? I never... I, I, I only started One Piece way later, and, like, I barely scratched yeah, I was, it. Yeah, I was... My second joke was going to be, like, oh, okay, so you were either, like, in the 500 uh, number issues of One Piece at that point? Or, like... Because yeah, who yeah. fucking knows? Um Good luck to that Netflix show. And that's, it's also an era where, like, there's still, like, heavy fan translation communities online because it's taking forever for this stuff to get over here, right? Mm-hmm. And Alita had been in the United States since the 90s, I believe, that there was an original run of it. Now, I happen to time this correctly where at the time of me getting into Battle Angel, uh, Viz Media is putting out a reprint of their translation in the early 2000s. So... I'm able to get the first three volumes very quickly, 
and then suddenly there are no more volumes. <laughs> and I don't totally understand. I'm too young to like understand how all that stuff works. So I have to go to like eBay and pay like twice as much as what I would normal for an old copy from the nineties. So it ended up being like this weird journey for me of like slowly getting all nine volumes of battle angel. Either. And the other thing that sold me on it, and this is true. Someone said like, there is more in a single volume of battle angel than in some entire series. And I'm like, that sounds really intriguing. And that is a hundred percent true. You could basically make nine Alita movies if you wanted. To. Wow. Uh, I did yeah, not know this. A lot yeah. Uh, it's, it's a very dense work in my opinion. Um, it's very, it's also a lot closer to Blade Runner. <laughs> like I think they, 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 uh, there's definitely that influence here, but it's, um, it feels like a, a natural, one of the, the many Japanese children of Blade Runner, which bombed here, but was huge in Japan. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but it, it is this movie, it takes, it's primarily based on the first two volumes of Alita with a little bit of the third volume. Those are the, those are the three main things. We'll talk about the adaptation in a little bit. Um, I, and I will say this, this is not, I, there's going to be a lot of me comparing this movie to the source material. And they might sound like criticisms because th this movie is very different. It is different enough that you could almost consider this an original work, frankly. Um, it, it, it goes in a lot of different directions. Um, some people have described this as like the young adult version of Battle Angel Alita, which I think some people mean it as like in a negative sense. I don't, I would maybe agree with that, but not in like a negative way, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think for what it is, uh, it, it, it totally works. Um, but the, the main difference, I don't know if you know this, Diego, but the main difference is the manga is a hard R. No. <laughs> a very violent, uh, manga. Uh, it's like, I believe in the first chapter, you see like a woman's entire face get destroyed with like a rocket hammer. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I had no idea. That, that's the, that's the key difference, which was partly what was intriguing to me as a kid. Cause like James Cameron is the king of the R rated blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm like, Oh, all right. And it feels like a big issue with trying to get this movie made was studios being like, we don't do R-rated blockbusters anymore. Um, even though this was in development as close to, you know, like the Matrix sequels and stuff. Right? Yeah, that's kind of like, I just want to like expand on that really quick because that's shocking. It's like you got the guy who just made Titanic, the Matrix movies are happening and they're, they're hits. Um, maybe not by the end, but they're hits and we love them. It's like, it, it's kind of teed up for... The industry to be like, yeah, let's do Battle Angel, James Cameron. Why? I think the other big thing is James Cameron was trying to crack this technology, mm -hmm. right? The technology that will eventually be used to make Avatar. And I think there is a certain um, that, like, I almost wonder if there's an alternate world where Avatar comes out, does well, makes money, but isn't like the monster hit that it is. Yeah. And if James Cameron was like, Avatar was just like essentially a tech demo to make Battle Angel. Like it almost feels like that, right? Like you couldn't make this movie before Avatar, yeah, yeah. you know? And even then it took like, when is, Avatar's like 2009, right? Like, so it still took like 10 years to actually get to Alita. Mm -hmm. uh, 
with this sort of digital filmmaking with the weird like like body types that all the different cyborgs have mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that was what was intriguing about re- reading it again as a, as a young adult just being like how the hell are you gonna do this like it seems impossible when you read it and um i think that was the other thing some of the grotesque designs of some of the cyborgs kind of turned people off you know and uh and and to me, I'm like, it's not it's not a mistake. They're intentionally meant to look like that. Like they're, and I think you know some people mistake weird for bad, mm-hmm. right? And it's like not supposed to be a little weird, but um, hey, but yeah, the the manga is a serious hard R. And the other issue with it is, and this is was something I was reading about, is that the uh, the I think if even people who don't haven't read it, I think the main thing people know about Battle Angel Alita is the motorball stuff, like that image of her hold like in the, in the motorball getup, like ready to like like go down. Like that seems to be the most popular image that I see in the people's minds. And that arc, the motorball arc, doesn't happen until Volume Three. Ah, and so like I said, it's a very uh, with such a dense story. That I said, where like I said that you could you could literally make an individual movie out of each volume. Um, with it, I think it was a real challenge of how do we get to that's basically how do we get to the fireworks factory? Like mm-hmm. how do we get to the really fun action packed arc um, with with all this other table setting we have to do? And I think that would have been a real challenge. And I think they get it; they do it pretty well for this movie. Like considering all that, I think some people. I think that's why for some people there's an unevenness to the screenplay, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it feels like, but why are all these things happening? And it's because, you know, I'm, it's like, because they literally took three stories and, like, layered them on top of each <laughs> other. Like, that's why it feels this way. Um, but, uh, and then there's a lot of stuff in this that is solely added for the movie. We will get that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting and I was, I, you know, I'd been hyped for this movie for fucking ever. And then it comes out and like people were kind of like rejecting it. So I felt like I had to defend it a little bit. <laughs> and I, I, and it wasn't like a, a defensiveness. I genuinely liked it. Yeah, so yeah. It made my top 20 of that year, if I remember correctly. It um, might have made my top 10. I, I got to I gotta go back and check. No, you, no, this seems like a Diego top yeah. 10. Like, <laughs> top 20 for me, it's definitely a top 10 for Diego. <laughs> like, I, I just know yeah. you. And I'm not. That's not a criticism. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Yep, yeah. yep, number seven. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. It beat out uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hey, hey that's that's an that's a interesting yeah. choice, but all right. Sorry, Tarantino. What was 2019? What, what else came out in 2019? I don't even remember. Parasite. Like that, it just... The Parasite, Irishman, yes, that's the big Uncut Parasite. Gems, Ad Astra, which I also loved. Yeah, that was a... That's a particularly yeah, good Yeah, Knives Out, Us... Us should be higher. I have us at number six. I feel like us is, no, is my us, number two or three, at least. Us was my number one. It's a good choice. Year. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking at it, and it's like, it's weird. It's also like, it's all that stuff, and then also like three movies that we do not care for were like some of the biggest mm-hmm. movies that year. Um, like, you know, Joker, Endgame, and Rise of Skywalker. And it's like those, the memories of those movies actually coming, like, it's crazy that all three of those movies came out in the yeah. same year. And like that memory of that's what the movies, that, those are the most hype movies of that year are, is, it's already gone yeah. for me, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, but yeah, it was a particularly strong year. Um, oh, that was also the Lion King year. 
And Aladdin? Jesus Christ. Feels like a totally different world at this point. Everyone say thank you, Bob Iger. Those are his fault. Along with a lot of other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Bob Iger. You fucking hack. Yeah, who now now basically owns this movie. Yeah, I know. That fucking sucks. We'll talk more about that tool bag later. Oh, oh boy, will we. Yeah. Um, But, what a weird... Just feels like a different world at this point, but it, but Alita it does seem to be something that has lingered, which I would not have guessed when the movie came out, right? Like, yeah, it, it did feel like it was going to be like, um, it, it just felt like it was going to be one of those movies where like you and I defended it and like no one else did, right? Mm-hmm. And it's but it's lingered, which has been great to see, yeah. Like in the activity from friends section on, on my letterbox, like with my friends have rated it. It's like four stars, four and a half stars, a couple five stars, some three and a half stars, but it's it's a generally well received movie from at least my circles. Right, mine now. is uh, my circle is a little more diverse in opinion. Mm. Um, it's like three and a half, four, four, three and a half, four and a half. That's you. Um, yeah. One and a half, three and a half, three, two and a half, four, three and a half, and three. Um, and. Uh, but what's interesting, I'll just say this, that like it's it, a lot of, there's a lot of threes there, right? But a yeah. lot of those threes are from people who tend to be like really strict critics, you know? So like mm-hmm. for them, that's almost a rave review. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a three-star movie. And so it's it's interesting. Although some people still rejected it like almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adams. Um, shout out to David um, Ehrlich. Oh yeah, There's everyone's favorite film critic, the second highest rated, um, who seems to have a problem with how the cyborgs look. Um, yeah. It's a great takeaway to have about this movie. Um, yeah, no yeah. criticisms there at all. Um, <laughs> I'm very with the third person, Karen H, whose review is just, "I'm sorry, but hell yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good review of this movie. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into the movie now? Yeah, let's fucking do it. Uh, I, was there anything else I wanted to bring up? No. Yeah, yeah. I, I think anything, anything with your history with it? Well, did I mean, just, I, I they just one day did you just wake up and like there's anime eyes all over their Twitter feed and you're like, what is this? No, I remember. Uh, here, I'll, I'll get a little bit into it. I, I remember Battle Angel Alita being mm-hmm. something that was like tossed around the James Cameron circle, like, oh, he's working on this. He's doing something called Avatar, and he's going to make a trilogy out of that, and then an av- a trilogy for something called Battle Angel. Okay, whatever. And I was like, didn't he already do Dark Angel? What is that? And it turned yeah. out the show Dark Angel was his attempt same... to do Alita on, on the TV show. I had that same confusion, too, of like, what is Dark Angel and how does it relate? Like, Yeah. Uh, and he kind of... I mean, when Cameron finds, like, a really quality, like, movie star, like, they, they end up staying in the space for a while. So, like, that, that is kind of the thing that help jessica alba get discovered and yeah. stuff like that so you know uh, i have not seen never, dark angel yeah it's allegedly influenced by battle angel so well it's him trying to do it like on a tv budget yeah but uh and then just kind of remaking it in, in his own way when he wasn't like entirely sure he could get it made i guess um which is still strange but again but i guess not, if, like, it, if it's a technology thing it's not credited as an adaptation though right like no no it is it is him just being like let me just take my shit like some have said Terminator is perhaps an uncredited adaptation <laughs> of other writers' works. Um, yeah, Harlan Ellison would have said that. Yeah. Locally. 
to anyone who would listen, including his lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, that's my interpretation of what Dark Angel was. Mm-hmm. And then um, I should watch it because it might be a good window into what he saw in Battle Angel initially, right? Um, yeah, I feel like. I feel like as Cameron has gotten older, because, you know, he, he does have a screenplay credit on this, so he's, his influence definitely hangs over it. Um, uh, I feel like he, he's gotten a little more sentimental the older he's gotten, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not really a criticism, but I think, like, uh, the Avatar movies very much uh, wear their emotions on their sleeve, you know? Like, yeah. And uh, he seems to be more earnest with it, so it's inter- it would be interesting to see how he felt about it you know, 20 years ago versus how he felt about it in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. I also think maybe it's worth talking about Robert Rodriguez a little bit more um, because it's hysterical how similar Robert Rodriguez's career is to James Cameron in terms of the technology, right? Yeah. Like, he was he was pushing 3D before Cameron was. Like, yeah, yeah. He was, Spike uh, is early, 3D. He was an early advocate of digital filmmaking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he it's like he does it with like all the Spy Kids movies and then Sin City which like people are kind of blown away by when it comes out and then like he basically spends a decade making movies that look like they were shot in his backyard with his friends yeah. which is a criticism but no um, no but then they just happen to be released in like you know cineplexes and that's yeah. kind of cool yeah and I think it was a weird thing of being like why is he doing like who picked Rodriguez I think people were confused and I think for us who are a little more familiar with his work, were like, no, he's the perfect choice to do something like this. I'll be honest, I didn't see it or feel it until I saw the movie. Okay. I it was like, I guess... To... I, for me, I just saw... No, you hadn't read the manga. So I hadn't read the manga. I think that would have influenced then, me. Like, oh, Rodriguez is totally perfect for this. Apart from Sin City, all his like CG, 3D heavy stuff, is there's a buoyancy to it. And that is not what the movie trailers were selling. And that's not what the movie is even. But I underestimated how easily Rodriguez kind of shift into different filmmaking modes, which is on me. He's, his resume speaks for itself. Yeah, <laughs> He is clearly the guy to have done this that since Cameron couldn't because he's in I mean, Avatar he, land. He literally does it in From Dusk Till Dawn literally shifts genres in the middle of the movie. Like Yeah. But even just like, I mean, like the technical prowess of him, like oh, yeah, yeah. being able to like work with the actors and like tangible digital environments not just digital environments this is one of the best digital films like ever in my it looks like it costs 500 million dollars it looks so expensive it looks like all the money's on the screen and the action is so engaging and it's just terrific in an era where like it's one of those where like you know like when when you go the when like we make the criticism of avengers endgame the ending being like digital mush right like like what the fuck is going on and i think some people who would like they only watch those type of movies might be confused and i just want to be like watch alita like this is how you do that like Mm -hmm. this is how you do that sort of big action where there's nothing real in the camera right like it's all digital in some shots it's like this and speed racer frankly like yeah of the same caliber yeah yeah and it's like this is how you do it and it's, um, you know, speaking of, you know, Bill Pope is the like, cinematographer of this movie. I know. Bill Pope, my boy, we got to mm-hmm. get you back into stuff like this. Yeah, I know you're struggling right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you out of there. Oh, yeah. He did fucking Ant-Man. Jesus. I, di- I didn't want to say that stuff anymore. 
I don't want to rag on it too much longer. But Jesus Christ, dude. I know you got to pay bills. <laughs> Please. Oh my, oh. Blink twice if you need help. Oh. My God. Yeah. I just discovered what one of Bill Pope's upcoming movies is. I think I just see, saw it too. It is a Jerry Seinfeld written, directed, and starring movie about Pop-Tarts. Hang on, Bill. <laughs> I'm coming I mean, for you. Not to be that guy, but fucking let Seinfeld cook, man. Like, the last time he did, he gave us B-Movie. I'm just worried about Bill Pope. I don't know. I, it, it, it's, it doesn't hurt to be worried, but, uh, yeah. I don't know what's... Oh, God, yeah, his last few movies are kind of like... Oh, dear. Like, this seems to be the last good Bill Pope movie, frankly. Yeah. Well, he does this and The Kid Who Would Be King in early 2019. Another excellent-looking movie. Yes, yes, very good movie. Um, but, he's, but that's also the Charlie's Angels movie that no one remembers. Yeah. Um, what's the Apologies. chance that gets reclaimed at some point? Oh, whatever. Um, I, don't, boys, I don't know. <laughs> the Boys in the Band, the, a remake of a Friedkin film. <laughs> or no, uh, uh, an, a re-adaptation of the same source material, um, which I didn't even know existed. And then it's like, yeah, Shang-Chi, Ant-Man this Pop-Tart movie and something called Y2K. Uh-oh. Which looks like a, a disaster comedy, which that's a concerning genre. But... Uh, yeah. But I think Bill Pope does deserve a lot of credit. He also did the Jungle Book movie, which, say what you will about the movie, but it's excellent looking. Yeah. For what it is. Maybe he's like... Maybe he's just stuck working in that, like, digital filmmaking arena, and, like, it's so hard to get the time you need to do stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Like, nowadays, they want everything done faster and quicker. And I, you know, according to some people, they were promised that on Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then it was taken away last minute. So... Yeah. Um, that could be... That could be... That seems to be how those productions go. But actually, this is a good segue back to Alita, specifically. Because Alita got delayed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? It was supposed to come out, yes. like... 2018-ish yeah it kept whatever. being delayed and it was like it was another thing that like kind of dinged the movie where people were like oh god they're delaying it they know they got a turkey on their hands right yeah they, and it really was just about getting the cg to like a place where it, it looked yeah. good and it looks fantastic i guess i gotta give 20th century fox credit for like doing that because it feels like a lot of movies are just like willing a lot of studios are willing to just throw out the battered corpse of like a poorly digitally animated movie just into the theaters yeah, like, look, look, not to, not to dunk on movies no one likes anymore anyways, but, like, you know, Thor 4 just came out last year. Yeah. We all know that movie is, like, just not finished. Yeah. I haven't seen Ant-Man 3, and I never will, but, you know, the, the common remark is that, like, no, this looks, like, not done. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, we're, we're past allowing that anymore. <laughs> Bob Iger is one of the studio heads that is allegedly holding up the strike. I can very easily. Can you believe it's him, Uncle Uncle Bob, as the kids call him? If if you if you're a kid that calls him that, I want you to get. You know what? No, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna <laughs> say shit anymore. I want you to to take a long walk, just east or west, whichever. Just walk ocean into is the nearest to ocean. And just keep walking towards it. Walk until you can't walk anymore, and then walk about another fifty feet. Carry think, some rocks in your pocket. 
I think um, anyone who calls him Uncle Bob should be forced to watch uh, the Three Colors trilogy. But that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Get some fucking culture. Oh, okay. I was just going to recommend the Meg, I'm too. To, I'm, I want to help them fix their brains a little bit. Oh, okay. That's Watch probably that, better. And so. then the Decalogue. And then, then you can go back. Oh, yeah. Well, then try to go back to the Marvel movies after that. You know, fuck that. Throw them in the deep end. Yeah. Y'all just... ever heard of Andrzej Zawalski's Possession? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fucking sick. You guys should watch that. Words. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I wanted I to be really I nice, I hope and there's sincere. not a big overlap with the Alita army and Marvel because they're not having fun if that's the case. I don't think there is. Yeah, I, I, I think the Alita army has good taste. See, yes. I'm looking out for you guys, especially if they give this podcast good reviews wherever you can. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, go review it on iTunes. Five stars. The uh, the uh, the I don't know what the uh, the 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 ferventness of the Alita army online was another thing that kind of developed a reputation at a certain point. Yes, I think it's that's okay to say. I I don't I don't I, think we're we're poking the hornet's nest or anything like that. Just like look, a, a popular aggressive fan base, and I I am all, I am on the aggressive fan base's yeah, side for the record. Well, that <laughs> but was, like that was the thing is that like for a while like i I think for like at least the first year maybe two maybe pandemic kind of helped make it a little more fervent um anytime i posted anything about alita i got like three responses right from yeah people who all have pictures of alita in their profile picture and also people who when i write something seem to think i'm being critical even though i'm not (laughs) and coming in (laughs) to like defender and i'm like no no i like the movie and uh there was a like moment where I'm like, are these people real? Like there was like a brief moment where I was like, are they this... like bots? Yeah. I'm like, are they bots? Because I don't care about anything as much as these people seem to care about Alita. It's like, I don't care about my own well being as much as these people seem to care. And then what kind of, it, honestly, what really broke for me was that when we did our poll and uh, some of the Alita army showed up, and uh despite both of us being like no no like just because it's called failed blockbuster does not mean we are critical of it uh some people still showed up thinking we were and i saw some of the alita army going back and forth being like oh no they're positive on the movie and then like them the other person just not getting it Mm -hmm. and being like oh okay so there is a diversity of opinion among these people yeah yeah and so i was like that's good that's good to know um But, uh, so there was there, cause I know some people were essentially like, I'm watching Alita because people online won't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> <laughs> and people be like, I was all right. Like a lot of people walking up and be like, that's pretty good. And that seems to be the consensus. But a lot of people were essentially, you know, like gently bullied into seeing the movie just by people not being able to shut up about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, Hey, whatever. I'm so disconnected from fandoms is the thing. I don't know what is normal and abnormal for a fandom behavior these days. No, I, I'm, I'm out of the loop. I think we, we've also come down from the era of, like, release the Snyder Cut, the Star Wars sequel trilogy debates, which are still, like, happening. All these discussions are still happening, yeah. but they just died down to such a monumental degree that we don't notice them anymore. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think that's the thing is they don't, they, like, it used to be one of those, like, ever-present things, and it yeah. could be overwhelming where, like, you had to be careful about what you posted because you could get, like, people responding. Yeah, I but, mean, even fucking, like, Marvel versus DC isn't a thing anymore. People just don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, like, there seems to be, like, the restore the Snyderverse people still seem to be around. 
Yeah. Uh, and even but, Zack Snyder's like, I'm really happy to be doing original stuff over here in Netflix. Yeah, he's like, I'm making Rebel Moon. I'm having fun doing that. Yeah. And it's like, shouldn't we want that yeah. <laughs> for him? <laughs> I don't know. Rebel Moon does look interesting. It does. Uh, please call yeah, Larry Fong, though. Yeah, get a cinematographer, buddy. Please. Sorry. Like, Looking forward to your movies. You're not the worst, but it's like, you got, you got there's other people around, you know? Alright, you tried it once. I didn't think it worked out. I, I want to see your other stuff. We'll see how you do an Alita movie. Um, he no, no offense. No, you don't think so. Not, not totally. Um, I don't know who you would get to do Alita, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if in terms of like sticking closer to the source material. Ah. Um, but because the like the earnestness of Alita, like the thing about the manga is that it's like. There is some like horrific, grotesque imagery mixed with like some really beautiful stuff, and then like Alita just sometimes being like cute in the middle of it, right? Like, <laughs> it's it's a really weird, jarring tone, and it's kind of like she's kind of like this, you know, like it, there's she's kind of this light in this like horrible, miserable world, right? Like that's mm-hmm. why she's an angel, she's a battle angel because she kind of like she, you know, she descends from the heavens, and she's like got like an angelic feel and an innocence. And a sense of right and wrong that are her own, but also she will fucking kick people's heads off. Yeah. <laughs> or punch a man's eye out, as she does in this film, which yeah, is which, amazing. Yeah, she does a lot of that in the manga. Uh, yeah, like, we can we talk more about the movie now? I yeah. will say, I am, in hindsight, not shocked when you explain to me right now that the manga was, like, a hard R. Yeah. Because uh, I was kind of stunned by how violent this movie was and i saw it i was like oh they're like fucking people up yeah it was it was a cool like because it was it was the other thing i was like oh it's pg-13 is this gonna be watered down and they found a good way to like sneak in some violence right it's mostly cyborg violence yeah it's mostly that's <laughs> mostly that's, and now, even it, then <laughs> in the manga when cyborgs get cut up they do spurt blood and shit so like that is the main change. Uh, that here they kind of just have like a more like oily breakup, right? Like, or sometimes there's nothing at all. Like, just a limb gets cut off. But the other, it's like it looks like in the mug, it looks like flesh getting ripped apart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like fucking the comic. The guy at the comic book shop where I bought the, the first three volumes of this was I he recently right before that would not let me buy a copy of the league of extraordinary gentlemen the comic because he thought it was too mature for me and then he lets me buy like alita battle angel and it's just like it's like the first within like by like the second chapter there's a scene of guy a guy ripping people's heads off and eating their brains jesus christ of by the way leave extraordinary gentlemen future fail blockbuster i mean that's not a bad choice that's that's that certainly has a uh history to it a yeah one at that as well including being the movie that like basically broke alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> he was like i don't give a shit what you people touch of mine anymore just leave me alone and people keep fucking asking him about it he's like what don't you fuckers understand yeah it's like i want nothing to do with this don't you understand yeah. that so like, yeah, i will you- unleash my snake god upon you all <laughs> yeah. I'm writing comics that I think will bring about the biblical apocalypse. Leave me alone. <laughs> what a character. He is He is certainly a character. I'm still a fan. A problematic fave without being aggressively problematic. Just kind of weird. All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. Lead a battle angel. All right. So the lights come down and immediately I am hit 
with some of the most like this is going to sound very strange as a uh, uh, Dr. Ito played by Christoph Waltz is scouring like this wreckage, this uh, a junkyard basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finds Alita's severed head. Essentially this, this uh, chunk is, is lifted basically directly from the manga. This is how the manga starts. Okay. It did not take me more than like five seconds to realize I was watching one of my new favorite movies. <laughs> like it would have to fuck up monumentally. I was like, this I just didn't expect like not just sincerity but like a certain level of like no it's a powerful gravitas like, like it's a simple but powerful opening right like yeah I mean it's partly why like I start reading the manga and I basically finish it like in one night because it's so gripping like it's incredibly simple and it's just like here you go this is the start like and and visually you get the whole thing right like, yeah it's you get the there's the movie adds the uh 300 years after the fall right which isn't i don't believe that's in the manga um, oh okay okay but like like the, the the concept of the fall i don't know if they call it that there's all sorts of like wars that happen but like it's it's over and like yes the city is like the last of the floating cities um but there's that but it just kind of just starts with the junkyard you see the junk falling and then you see ito going through it and then he finds alita's body like the remains of it, right? It brings her back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the there's it's extended in the manga. This is again how um, you could make a movie of these things where the first volume is very much about Alita getting her first body. Um, we in the manga he finds her and he kind of carries her around like in a backpack for a little bit because she doesn't have legs or arms, and slowly he's uh, accumulating body parts for her, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how he's doing so is uh, we're getting mysterious hints of him leaving at night with a, a suitcase on wheels. And um, also there are mysterious murders of women cyborgs happening around uh, his you know, doctor's office. And we don't we don't totally know what that is. We just we literally just see a cyborg woman smoking. There's one. I, I remember it very vividly. We see a, a, a cyber woman smoking. She goes like, who's there? Must be nothing. And then a giant rocket hammer blows her face off. Oh. And then a hard cut to that too. Hey, Alita, I got you new arms. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. And she's like, oh, they're beautiful. Like, she's so happy. And hmm. We're like, what's this Ito guy up to? So, like, there's a bit of a mystery. Again, like, they layer all that on top of itself, you know, like that how that plays out here is a little different um, than the manga. Cause here it's just like, he brings her home. He's already got a body for her and they, he just puts her in that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's for reasons. And the changes might irk some people. I think it works for this narrative. I'll get more into it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Cause like, I didn't, I didn't know that the separate adaptation of different volumes in the one to me, it just flowed very well. I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is like covering like the first volume. And yeah. it's like, no, it's it's all of them. It's the first yeah. third volume. It's first three. And then also, not to skip ahead, but I assume everyone listening to this has seen the movie. But uh, Edward Norton's character does not show up until like volume four, I believe. Mm. Um, although there are hints of him. Like there are constant hints of like this mysterious figure being around. Although he's characterized very differently here. Um but we'll, we'll does he see. also look like James Cameron? No, he d- yeah, he does actually look like that. Like, okay. Oh my God. Maybe. No, no, he really does. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. He, he really does. Um, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, I don't think he can take... He takes his glasses off in this. I don't think he can actually do that in the manga. I think those might just be his eyes. Oh, but okay. I think they wanted the dramatic uh, It's Edward Norton moment um, for the end of the movie, which is, for me, is like Thanos showing up at the end of Avengers. <laughs> like, uh. you're like, oh shit, he's here. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I just, when you get that brief... like Again, like as someone who would write it, like it was... Uh, it's like like getting deep cut biblical references when like you see his picture for the first time and mm. I'm like, oh shit, they got him in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like genuinely excited watching it. Um but yeah, the 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 relation to Alita and her body is very different in um the manga and this movie. They change it, they give it a more um I think digestible arc in this movie, which at first on rewatch I was kind of brushing up against because I had just reread the manga. Um, and, but then as it went on, I'm like, oh no, the changes they made actually fit really well. So, um, but yeah, he doesn't, uh, Dr. Ito doesn't have the body, um, initially. His name is slightly different in the movie too. Um, it's slightly westernized. I'm trying to find his original name real quick. Sorry. Um, That's fine. He's Dyson Ito here, right? Mm-hmm. That's his full name. In the manga, it's, uh, Daisuke Ito. So mm. they, mm-hmm. they Americanize it a little bit because he's played amazingly by Christoph Waltz. Who yeah. Looks terrific in that getup. Um, both his doctor getup and his uh, hunter warrior getup. <laughs> with just running, the image of him just running around with the giant rocket hammer is just amazing. Um, I mean, that's what I was really drawn to here, too, much like Speed Racer, where it's like we're, we're adapting manga and anime thing. We're not shying away from that. Yeah, they carry giant hammers because that's what it would look like there. Yeah, it feels like there's something they're still trying to crack here. Like I, 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 I can't think. I don't think anyone's done the like humongous sword type image, you know, like from Berserk, which was the other manga that was rec- uh, recommended to me constantly, along with Alita. <laughs> um, another fucking one that like I definitely shouldn't have read as early as I read it, but. Um... <laughs> But, um, I mean, I'm fucking sorry for bringing up another superhero thing, but Blue Beetle, they they do the big sword thing. It's in the trailer. Okay. It is very cool when the Scarab's like, oh, Jaime, you can, uh, you can craft anything you put your mind to, whatever. And then he builds like the giant fucking sword from Final Fantasy VII. That's I know <laughs> yeah. you're a defender of it already. And, I am, yeah, yeah. And we're both fans of the Blue Beetle comics, so, um, which I was also probably reading around the time I was buying up uh, issues of... Uh, alita so <laughs> i say like getting the back issues of it because it took a few years to get all of them reprinted it took it was like a multi-year process of me getting every volume of it so and each, that's kind of cool yeah i'm i'm so nostalgic for it like it is one of those where like as much as i like i read stuff now that's like some of it's better some of it's worse and i'm but i'm so nostalgic for that time of like opening something up where you really don't know what you're about to get right and being so mm-hmm. excited for what's going to happen next that you just i just don't have that as much anymore it's just part of growing up yeah but i mean even like the process of trying to track all these oh, down yeah. like yeah. i'm i'm not advocating like oh we got to go back to that specifically but i you know i i can be nostalgic for like discovering that stuff like when i i first start reading like spider-man comics officially cuz like I, I think i've talked about it before the first like comic i got into was the walking dead Mm-hmm. Like when I started religiously picking those up, uh, and then that kind of was my gateway to a lot of other stuff, um, including some other Robert Kirkman stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Invincible, but like just having like kind of scrounge for yourself, and now you can kind of find 
comics anywhere online uh if you're paying or otherwise um but <laughs> like it, there's there's no uh i, I think this the, the scrounging is kind of not uh, the scavenging for for these stories is not really uh, a thing yeah. anymore and that's neither a good nor bad thing it, it is just the experience i'm also quite nostalgic for i do that. think there's a part of our brain that likes the you know the hunt for stuff you know that likes like if it's just even if it's just like books you know like the certain fun of being like going to the store and being like is there a new is there a new issue out yet like like if in that age before you can just look things up you know yeah yeah remember and like there would be that time i mean um going back to when i was really younger and i was reading like captain underpants you know oh yeah yeah shout out to our boy captain underpants hell yeah oh (laughs) phil blockbuster contender as well um didn't that make money though didn't like wasn't that like kind of like a quiet hit um only one way to find out. Well, anyway, I remember uh, being on vacation with my mother once at the beach, and we were just kind of walking around the boardwalk, and we passed a bookstore, and I look in the window, and I can see that there's a new issue, that like there's a new book out in the Captain Underpants series, and just being like, oh my god, oh my god, and like having to like stop <laughs> everything and be like, screw this vacation, I need to get this, and getting it immediately so I can read it, you know? Yeah. Uh, by the way, Captain Underpants was a, a success. It made $125.4 million against a $38 million budget. That movie for $38 million is pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. That was what the crazy thing about it was that like, it looked so good for that little of a budget. So Yeah. Funny movie. Go check yeah. it out because I don't think we can cover it now yeah. <laughs> after but, hearing that. <laughs> well, we can always do failed awards because the animation award category. But Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, also, yeah. another thing to talk about with the opening is... Uh, this is one of the last really good 3D movies that got released, you know? Um, yeah. I saw oh my his... god, I did watch it in 3D. Yeah. That's fucking right. I mean, it's Cameron. He was definitely pushing it in 3D, right? It he was, was prepping probably... us for Avatar 2. <laughs> yeah, it was probably the only way you could see it at a certain point, right? That it was a 3D. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember this being at such the tail end of 3D that like, when we get to the theater and they're handing out 3D glasses, some of the people I'm with are annoyed that it's going to be a 3D movie. Yeah. So... Um, say say what you will about that, but that's where we were at in 2019. But it is yeah. one of the better looking 3D movies. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, uh, I think what to do with this shit. So yeah, and credit to Bill Pope for like the lighting too, because yeah. like there's a lot of like night sequences in this, and it doesn't have that that fucking digital sludge look when it's like underlit, and it's like the faces are blending into like the backgrounds and stuff like that. Like the mid tones are all like properly calibrated and shit and especially when you're looking at incredibly weird looking cyborgs a lot of the time like yeah and like we i don't need to say it because i think a lot of people are anticipating it to be this and it wasn't but this could have very easily been a disaster no no a hundred percent like that's why it was that thing of like i felt the need to defend it because it's like it i honestly i was like it's it could so easily be a disaster, but the movie's not out yet. We should give it a chance, and I felt like people weren't even giving it that chance, you know. And I think something that kind of maybe melted everyone's irony, poison, cynical hearts are both the character of Alita and the actress who plays her, Rosa Salazar. Yeah, who is Her-oh. fucking phenomenal in this. Phenomenal in this. I, I I really hope she comes back. Shocked to find out she was in her thirties when she made this. Yeah. Um. Genuinely shocked. Because holy shit, um, and I think that was a, a uh, this is an early run at uh, fucking Sigourney Weaver playing a child in Avatar two. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is very much a let's show what this technology can do type stuff, you know. 
Because mm-hmm. I mean, she genuinely looks like a teenage girl in this. Um, for a cyborg that's 300 years old. So yeah. <laughs> she gives a incredibly winning performance. I feel like I haven't seen her in much since. Um, and it might no. not, it might not help that she, she, they did give her the big anime eyes. So she doesn't really look like Alita. So it didn't like help her image essentially. Uh, yeah. but um, she is terrific in this, in a character that like a performance that you play it too strong one way or the other and it would break, you know? Mm-hmm. So. A good cast all around, frankly. Uh, yeah, the great Jennifer Connelly even pops up. Yeah, she pops up uh, looking um, offensively good. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, how does someone be that good looking? Um, Somehow, the failed blockbusters retrospective is just like, hey, remember how good Jennifer Connelly looked? Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> Because we're fucking right. <laughs> like, no one's going to disagree like, with us. It feels like, like, no offense, like, not to this movie, but it feels like Jennifer Connelly being in this movie is, like, a little bit of slumming it for her, you know? Like, she's it, not playing that complicated of a character. Yeah. Like, like she is, but the movie doesn't give her a lot. But it's like her, and like, she's like second around. banana and fucking, she's the love interest in Top Gun Maverick. It's like, we should be giving her better movies. Yeah. It's like the one win for Top Gun Maverick is that, like, okay, it's an age appropriate love interest for Tom Cruise for the yeah. first time, like, ever. And then it's like, but the character's like, you know, people have made a lot of funny TikToks parodying that character. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'll say about that movie. Her character like that in this, and here's where we can get to some of the changes, um, an original character for the movie. Oh, okay. The okay. big changes this movie makes is uh, Alita's body, first body, is not a body that was built for Dr. Ito's daughter. Um, that, that, that Dr. Ito does not have a daughter in the manga uh, oh that's, that's like a huge yeah, change it's, it's, yeah this is what i'm saying we're like this is almost an original story at times now i want to say one thing real quick though uh when i'm talking about this there is uh there are two sequel series to battle angel alita battle angel alita last order and battle angel alita uh the mars chronicles i believe they're called mars chronicles is still ongoing last order finished a few years ago i have not read either because uh, they are sequels, but also uh, the original nine volumes have a very definitive ending, and the start of Last Order kind of changes that. And at the time, the reputation on it wasn't as good. I, I, it might have gotten better. I know some people that stand by it. And, but I was kind of like, I'm happy with the lead at nine volumes, right? Like, I feel like I got a complete story. I don't need to read more after that. So some of these details could have been introduced in Last Order. From what I researched, the research I did, that doesn't appear to be so. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dr. Jason Ito did not have a daughter named Alita. Uh, Alita is named after a cat of his that died. Oh. That was also a boy, um, which is where you get into the interesting gender stuff of both the manga and the movie. Also, Alita's name is not Alita in the Japanese version. Um, it's, I think it's, uh, Gali maybe or something like that. I could be wrong in how I'm pronouncing that. Um... Yeah, there's a lot of weird arbitrary changes between um, the American... And also, allegedly, um, there's a new deluxe edition of Alita Battle Angel that's out. Those nine volumes, you can buy it. It's like $100. Oh, Hardcover, like the whole series. And I think they've retranslated it. And I know there's some contention in for Western audiences of how... Because the translation is more accurate to the Japanese version, but some people are so used to the original version that was brought over here. Um, so I know there's some contention there. 
Hmm. So, yeah, I, I tried my best to do research into exactly what was different. I couldn't, I didn't have time to go too deep into it because it would have it required me to basically reread the entire series twice over, you know? Um, I would have waited. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, I, I could have also read it. I just, you know. You should. You would like, it. I really think you would like it. So I think I have to now. I got to read that in Berserk. Berserker yeah. or Berserk? Uh, Berserk. Berserk, okay. I have it written down. I fucking, never mind. I yeah, see those, are like, those are two big ones, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Both which have like deluxe editions out right now. I can only vouch for the original translation of Elite. I have not read the deluxe editions. So. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, like the city, like Zalem, which is what its name is in the Japanese manga, which it is in this movie. It is something different in the the original translation for the manga for some reason. I don't really know why. Um, and there's a lot of weird, like like it's just that thing that used to happen where like there was just like always weird arbitrary changes. Sometimes to like mm-hmm. westernize it a little bit. Um, but so that's so yeah, that is a big difference. Um, that can- is. Um, I, I want to say really quickly that the changes for western audiences because it's rodriguez they kind of bled over into more than just english language stuff because the look of this movie i think the touchstone for cyberpunk stuff is like akira blade runner yeah this feels like the dude who made the el mariachi trilogy no, 100%. got 500 million dollars <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up because that is definitely the vibe it has whereas i do think the manga has an aesthetic that hues closer to akira and uh blade runner you know it's it's very much it's from the it's from the late 80s early 90s right so like that stuff is mm-hmm. still very it's there's a lot of people walking in the rain <laughs> in, yeah. uh, in the the manga um and it does feel a lot closer to that and uh rodriguez definitely i think brings that sort of yes the el mariachi influence to this um that uh was hard it was hard for me to describe initially it's honestly it, it, it he makes uh the scrapyard look uh a lot like kind of Mexico where you don't put that disgusting color grade over it in American movies. Yeah. But I'm glad he like, doesn't do that. <laughs> it, it feels like a non That would feel like a betrayal. Yeah. It would, but like, that's, I think Rodriguez was smart enough to be like, we're going to do that, but not with the color grade. Like, I'm not going to make it look disgusting in that way. Right. Like, yeah, no, it, they look like fun places you want to like kind of hang out in yeah. when they're like roller, roller skating and shit or motorballing before yeah. it gets to the really intense stuff. You're like, yeah, I want to do that with buddies in high school. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, there's it's a, like a lived-in community, right? Like, yeah. Know. I mean, there's a sign later on, like literally, I think like the last scene when they're all like cheering on Alita. Uh, someone has a sign that says like "Cabeza Robotica," which is just like <laughs> you know, robot head girl. <laughs> there's some interesting um, extra acting that I noticed uh, on this rewatch where it seems like some of them did not know what they were supposed to be looking at. But oh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't catch everything when you're filming, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess not. But uh, it, it's more just more just fun stuff. Um, but like, yeah, Alita gets the body real quick. Um, she's like in a room, like you know, checking it out. She comes down. She's like a fucking frightened little dog. Like she's like a little puppy, basically, mm-hmm. super innocent. And also, uh, the the uh, the black woman in this is not from the manga either. Um, in the manga, Ito lives with a guy named. Um, gonzu who's kind of like he looks like a danny devito type guy <laughs> like mm. or that guy who always plays danny devito when you can't get danny devito oh <laughs> recall recall that guy um recall but, recall yeah, don't fuck with your brain pal um but you blabbed queen <laughs> you blabbed about why do we have to do that every time we did that we did all because it's 
Because Total Recall is the best Paul Verhoeven movie. That's why. But um, Paul Verhoeven maybe could have done Alita. I don't know about that. I don't know if I I'm wanted saying, to do I'm, this. I'm one. just saying the, the the aesthetics of both RoboCop and Total Recall hue closer to the manga is all I'm saying. Okay, okay. I just... Including the violence. But, like, yeah, he's a pervert. No, so like, Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but, like, yeah, he's a little bit that, of a pervert. That is the so big hurdle with him is that he's a <laughs> big-ass pervert, so... Give him give him the horny nun movies. <laughs> he doesn't need these. Yeah, so that, that would be the big hurdle. Um, but, like, uh, Gonzu and Ito kind of settle into, like, this uh, cute, like, her two dads dy- dynamic, basically. Oh, now I kind of wish that was in the movie. Yeah, it's fun. It's like, I get why they changed some stuff, but um, like, here's the, I, I want to stress, you're going to hear a lot of me being like, it's a lot different in the manga that it's going to sound like criticisms. I think the changes work for the movie. I think it makes sense that they did a lot of these changes. There's only a few that I really brush up against, but ultimately understand why they changed it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of something I do, I do brush up against, which was my biggest hurdle at the time and still kind of is, is uh, the character of Hugo in the movie. I was about to transition him, too. Uh, I will just say, from where you're headed, I think I like him more than you. No, no, go ahead. Here's the thing. If you're taking Hugo as he is in this movie, he's a perfectly fine character, right? Mm -hmm. He he gets the job done. There's a, it's a basically, they, they turn it into a YA romance, right? Like, yeah. It's a star-crossed lovers type thing. He's like he's he's immediately welcoming to Alita. He's there. He's like, oh, come on, join in on all the fun. Um, in the manga, they they really sand his edges off for the movie. Um, in the manga, he is uh, a little more duplicitous. He's a little more arrogant. He's he's kind of like naive to the point of arrogance, right? Like he's not like totally vicious, but like he's he. he he, he fancies himself as someone who's got it all together, right? Like, mm-hmm. he meets Alita. He doesn't show up to Volume 2, by the way. Um, he shows up in Volume 2, so he's not, like, immediately in her circle. Uh, and he's kind of like, I'll show you the ropes, Alita. You know, like, kind of, like, like talking down to her a little bit. And, like, he doesn't really put together that she's a fucking violent killer, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that can handle herself. He's kind of like, hey, stick with me. I got you. Also something that they kind of gets lost in translation is they're both supposed to be a lot younger looking in the manga, right? Like mm-hmm. they're both like, like Hugo's like a literal child basically in the manga. Um, like maybe like 12, 13, you know? Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're both supposed to be kind of like that around that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also his whole thing in this, there's a scene in this where they, uh, they kidnap one of the motorball players, correct? And, like, steal all his parts? Yeah. Um, that is in uh, the manga, but he is he is never morally conflicted about his actions. Oh. It's very different in that he's not, he's not under orders from anyone, except for, like, he is selling these things for parts. He's selling it to Vector. Um, but he is very much a, like, He's offering like tune-ups to people, right? Like he'd be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. cyborg, you want a tune-up?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, sure, fine." And then he incapacitates them and like steals their spines, basically. Like doesn't kill them, but takes their spines, which is like it's one of the most valuable components, right? Like, mm-hmm. and there's a shortage of it, so you can sell it for huge amounts of money. There's almost a little bit of Hugo doesn't 
he's fully human. He doesn't really see the cyborgs as fully people, right? Like, it's not overt, but he, he there's not a part of it. He's just being like, hey, I'm just stealing. Like, it, it's a part. Like, I'm not doing anything evil, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's like a scene of like Hugo stealing someone's spine. That guy going to Dr. Ito to get repaired. Ito being like, hey, look, I can repair this much, but you got to wait for a spine. They're really expensive. And then Hugo showing up to like repair his generator. And there's like a moment where there's like basically a moment where Hugo's like, why don't you stay for tea, Hugo? And then he sees the guy who's there, doesn't recognize him, whose spine he stole. And he's like, ah, no, it's better I leave. And it's a mix of like his guilt, but also his like, I don't, oh, I don't want to get caught. Like, it's more of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he does have the same dream of getting um, to the floating city. Uh, He's been told if he gets X number of credits, he can do this, blah, blah, blah. It's, It's very similar. Um, but he's it's it's he's naive to the point of arrogance. And here's something I I just am not sure of. I don't know. In my translation of the manga, I don't know how much Hugo realizes Alita is a cyborg. Um, I, I I don't know if it's supposed to be something where he doesn't understand it fully because um, there's no because there is no big reveal. There is no like, oh, my God, you're a cyborg. And there's also not, like, he's not as freaked out when his head gets attached to the cyborg body, right? But mm-hmm. there are tons of moments of him being, like, like they when they kiss, he's like, wow, it's weird. It's like kissing a battery. <laughs> and Alita's like, oh, it's because there's lightning outside. Like, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Like, I can't tell how much of it is supposed to be a secret, you know? Because mm-hmm. there's no big reveal. But there's a lot of, like, Alita, when she first meets him like immediately hides her arms like she's suddenly embarrassed and she's like wait why am i embarrassed like i haven't felt ashamed about being a cyborg up to this point but suddenly i am like what what am i worried about and so she's like like she's suddenly having like all these conflicted emotions there's also a cute moment where he's like i'll help you up little lady and like reaches out and then because she's a cyborg she weighs like a ton and he just falls over (laughs) so um yeah hugo in the here's a much more likable character um which, you know, now, for this movie, it works. But yeah. I'm used to Hugo being a more like, he kind of realizes the error of his ways at the last possible moment, which like makes it like ult- the ultimate tragedy, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's like desperately wants to get out of um, the scrapyard and Alita's being like, yeah, but I'm here. Like, I like I love you. Like, we could we can have this life together. And he doesn't kind of realize that until it's too late, you know? Yeah. He's a little bit of the Corporal Hicks from Aliens. Yes. Uh, in that, in the movie anyways, my, my interpretation of this character, who I do like, and I, I maybe like more than Corporal Hicks. Um, <laughs> not that I dislike that character, just not a lot going on. He's kind of there to support Ellen Ripley, which is what you need for that movie. Yeah. It's not a criticism. But again, out of like the amazing cast of characters in Aliens, kind of the least compelling, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like Hudson kind of steals the show, Vasquez and shit like that. Uh, Hugo kind of fills a similar void, but then he becomes more complicated with the moral conflictions and stuff like that of what he's doing and what he's done yeah. uh, and what he becomes and what eventually ends him. Um, I I like the character. It's definitely kind of the weak point of the movie for me. Not not because of the romance stuff. I actually really responded to the romance stuff. And again, when I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh, they're, I could see them doing a, a romance thing. I was like... Okay, <laughs> we're we're coming off like a really rough stretch of YA movies. Like the last ones I really enjoyed, yeah. were like the Maze Runner trilogy, 
which Rosa Salazar is also yeah, in the last it. two. She's in, she's in that and one of the Divergent movies, which is crazy. Oh, is she? I think I tapped out of that after the second one. I have not seen so. either. I just saw that on her Wikipedia. So okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> I'm buckling up. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. And then I was like, really responding to it, and to the point where I'm like, sad that he dies at the end. <laughs> Okay. It's very just different. Like he like immediately invites her in, right? Like, and there's also because because they're so young. Is he more like standoffish at first? Well, in the say? in the in the manga, it's more like he's friendly. He's an affable like kid. like he's a very friendly kid, right? Like he's like oh, yeah. but he's kind of like it's it's a classic. Like he thinks he's showing her the ropes, but really she's kind of the one who's got her shit together better. But she's mm-hmm. in doubt of herself at the time. It's a, it's a little bit like kind of like puppy love type stuff where she's like, well, I, I love Hugo, but I don't know how to say it. I've never felt these emotions before. <laughs> also, Alita's like, um, I'm a violent killer. I'm afraid that like, what if I hurt Hugo? Like, uh, there's a part where she's kind of distracted one night while she's out hunting with uh, Ido because they both become hunter killers. Um, and she this this guy runs up and like stabs her. But like because of her body, like it doesn't do any damage really. And then he goes, she goes to just yank him off, and she rips his arms off. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, what if like like I I I'm too super strong. I'm afraid of my emotions. Basically, it's you know classic like, are my emotions gonna bubble up and am I gonna hurt this person? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like there's a scene where like she like literally rips a pipe of steam open in anger, like literally blowing off steam. <laughs> While she's trying. See, that's like a fun visual. You know, it's funny. And then she's like, gets all like, oops, and like tries to like put it back together. Yeah. It's really cute. There's also a really cute image. I shared it on my Twitter um, of uh, when Ito likes it. I mean, you know, when Hugo tells her in the manga, like, if I get X number of credits, I'll get to go to uh, Zalem. Um, she's like, she's like, oh, I'll help you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hunter. I'm a hunter warrior. I can help, you know, with it. And there's a shot of her chopping someone's head off. <laughs> <laughs> catching it in a bag with like a little smile on her face being like there's 10,000 more credits like she's so happy like, <laughs> it's a really uh it's a really fun image the other thing with you in the manga is uh uh hugo had an older brother a much older brother who had the dream of flying to the floating city he basically built a balloon like there's a lot more in it like the the scrapyard in the manga is a lot more aggressively bad right like it's a lot mm-hmm. harsher on people like they're literally like not only is like technology suppressed not only are the resources they have sapped essentially um they're like like all the like they grow food just to go up to the city um they uh they also suppress knowledge so there's like a huge knowledge gap in the scrapyard right mm-hmm. and, uh and um, so he's like, I want to float up there. I want to see what it's like. He builds a balloon and then uh, his wife turns him in essentially and results in the older brother's death. And it's like very traumatizing for Hugo, right? Oh, okay. So he's like, the scrapyard has taken everything from me. I need to get out of here. It becomes like his whole angle, right? And when mm-hmm. he tells that story, there's a moment where like, he's like really like broken up. He's angry that the uh, his uh, sister-in-law turned her, his uh brother in and Alita's like I kind of see where she's coming from like she tried to live with his dream for a little bit and like realized she couldn't like it's it's like a weird you know it's like kind of like a metaphor for what they're going through at the time right like mm-hmm. like how, how do you stick with someone even, especially if you think their dream is somewhat foolish right which it, the dream is it's something that 
it's it, there's an illusion that you can get up there. That's your thing is that like so let's talk like well if you win the motorball games someone gets invited up to the city. It's like in the manga there was explicitly no interaction between the scrapyard and uh, Zalem. Um, they are explicitly divided. Only only people get exiled. Like that's about it. Like you'll get exiled, but that's it. You can't once you're out you can't go back up. So there's there's that angle to it. Whereas here, it's like there is a very clear path. It's sort of like it's an illusion of progress if you live in the scrapyard, right? Yeah, which I think is a great metaphor. Yeah. It's a yes. and, and it is also given like a narrative engine. Because, you know, if, if this had not been allowed to have a sequel, which it looks, you know, we're going to talk about that later, but it looks like it might. Um, if you just have like, you have this conflict without any sense of conflict, the movie doesn't work. Yeah. Right. And like you kind of, you kind of need that shift uh in in this first narrative and perhaps the only narrative again we'll we'll see we'll see we'll see but um i feel like that it, like that choice makes sense to me no it, it totally does my thing is like as i read the manga i was always trying to like figure out like how would you adapt this story because it is kind of unwieldy it's very episodic it doesn't follow like a film narrative structure right and mm-hmm. their choice here was essentially to lay volumes one and two on top of each other and then put in a little bit of volume three and if I were to do it, which no one asked, but if I were to do it, um, you could almost start with volume three because three is where she becomes the motorball champion and she becomes it in like a way of like dealing with her grief for the death of Hugo, right? Like it, that pushes her over a line. She's become like, she kind of turned her herself off to the world. Um, she is, uh, she's left Edo. Um, essentially he's been, he's been looking for her for over a month at the start of that volume um and in the meantime she's just like kind of like she's using it to kind of avoid the real world and the pain she feels and you could tell the the first half of the story the first two volumes in flashback intercut with that story which is a lot about her finding her place specifically in the scrapyard right and mm-hmm. then um you know uh destry nova the the overarching villain kind of makes his presence known i think in volume four volume five maybe um, so you could save him for that, but, but with what they did here, it works totally fine. You know? mm-hmm. um, now, would you have her start with the berserker body? Well, that's, here's the other thing. So it, like I said, in the, uh, in the manga, he, he slowly builds a body for her. Um, and it's, it's made up of different parts of the, the cyborgs he has killed. Mm-hmm. Um, she eventually catches on the reveal in the, the manga is different where he is, he is hunting down, you know, he's a hunter warrior. Uh, he is hunting down. I think part of who he's hunting down is that there's a certain, let me see, um, when uh, cyborgs suffer from, like, an endorphin problem that, like, their bodies stop generating endorphins over time and they kind of become addicted to it. There's a lot of talk about addiction in the movie. They go into more detail in the manga. So some of the cyborgs can kind of turn feral, and that's, like, who he hunts down, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's real, like, oh, no, he's actually after the killers themselves, not, he's not the one killing people. Um, it's a little, it's a little clumsy. There's a, the early volumes definitely have a vibe of the author was making it up as it went along. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is not bad. Like, that, that's a lot of manga, right? Like, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not the, Berserk has a similar thing where the first few, the first volume is kind of just being um, made up. Um, yeah. I mean, how a lot of long form stories are, you know, yeah, people yeah. might have a plan, but like generally speaking, you just kind of need something with an engine to yeah. get the car started. I don't think we said his name yet. Um, Yukito Kishiro is the author of 
the manga. Um, we're stuck with it, and it's still working on the, the sequels to this day. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read any of the newer stuff, but um, it's interesting. And there's only there's only been two OVAs. Like, so that's like in a video game that was only released in Japan. So uh, right. has a weird history as a project. So uh, after that, that's when they start kind of hunting down people. Um, Gruishka, the, the kind of like the muscle in this movie, right? Um, he's, he's, he's a weird character because his name comes from one of the OVAs where his name is Garishka. It's based on a character from the manga who has a completely different name named, uh, Makaku, I believe is his name. Um, different name characterized characterized similarly in the manga and OVA, but then he's characterized very differently here, where here he's kind of just a muscle-ish brute, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in in the manga, he's like this disgusting what they call uh, like a maggot cyborg um, where like the head can come off and is like this little maggot and he can kind of insert himself into other bodies, you know? Uh-huh. He's this very disgusting-looking creature. Um, he he cuts up her body, kind of similar to what happens in the movie, right? Where the body gets all cut up. Mm-hmm. And after that is when... And, and Ido's very injured during that confrontation. And when he takes her back, he's like, okay, we'll put her... I have a berserker body. So he kind of just arbitrarily has this berserker body. Um, where he's like, I found it in a down spaceship a few years ago. In an odd change, um, I believe the spaceship in the manga is from Venus, and it's oh. from Mars in this. Um, I think Mars. I think they changed it to Mars because Mars fits more heavily into the the later arcs. So I think it was okay. Kind of like, let's move these things out, or maybe it's just because Mars is more recognizable. Fucking knows. Maybe <laughs> he finds it. He's like, "Wow, it's in pristine condition." But when I was examining it, I realized it was only a body built for violence so i didn't want to ever use it like he was like it's it's too violent but now that Alita's injured i'm gonna put her body into it um i think smartly the movie changes it to alita finds the body is like is attracted to it in specific ways and she's the one to request being put in it right that it's mm-hmm. it's her choice it's less what um it's less Eidos. So I, I like that change. A lot. Yeah, that seems like essential to that character yes. for me. So I am like kind of flabbergasted that it was different. In the, I mean, there the is a story. little bit of him knowing that she is um, some sort of like she she has the technique, the Panzerkunst fighting technique mm-hmm. uh, that they bring up. And that is a sign that she is more than she seems. And he kind of wants to keep her an innocent as opposed to letting her violent tendencies come out and he's worried like attaching her body to it would do that. But then it's kind of like, okay, I'll let her do it. So it's more like, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's his choice more in the manga as opposed to her choice. Um, It's a smarter choice. Now to talk about motorball, when she becomes a motorball champion, she has her own individual motorball body. Um, There's a lot of different body changing in it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and the berserker body gets put in the storage and eventually gets sold without her knowledge by her manager to keep her in the motorball thing because she wants to leave at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then retrieving the, the Berserker body becomes a, an arc, you know? Oh, okay, okay. There's a lot about the, the mind-body connection in, in both the film and the manga, but the manga is very much about, like, how a different body can influence you, right? 
Mm-hmm. But here there's like, also I think there's a little bit of it here, but explicitly in the, uh, the manga, the berserker body was a male body that when attached to Alita becomes a female body. Um, I don't remember if it was a, in the manga, it might be more like it was, they reprogram it to be a female body, but here it is very explicitly like her internal, her, her mental image of herself influences the body. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is another change I think really works. Um, and I think that's also why this has been picked up as a bit of a trans narrative, right? Like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, there's, there was a big push for that after the release and people were like, oh, laughing at the movie. It struck a, a, a chord, at least from just, just an outsider perspective with, with trans film fans, communities. Yeah. It's and, usually um, included among that canon these days. Um, yeah. And so, and it makes perfect sense. Like, I think cyberpunk stories in general just have that sort of appeal. Like, there's a lot of like the mind body connection that mm-hmm. is is fascinating yeah. and we just don't really focus on like mind body stuff unless it's like overtly spiritual films which are very rare unless they're very conservatively religious yeah or science fiction now you know mm-hmm. i mean fucking we james cameron's got a thing about that you know maybe like trans ally hopefully yeah, who knows <laughs> maybe it, maybe he just finds it interesting and compelling it doesn't think about that way it's strange because I think there are tr- changes in the movie that make it both more and less a trans narrative at some time. Oh, okay. it's like, uh, but it's more just, I feel like a lot of the changes that were made about her finding the body, it being her choice, blah, 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 like that stuff. It feels more like a screenwriting choice to be like, she should have agency on these things. Right. Like, yeah. And then like, that just sort of like bleeds over into yes. like, well, you know, <laughs> the one um, thing I'll, I'll... the manga that was her choice is becoming the hunter warrior. Like she kind of does that on her own. She just goes hmm. off and signs up for it without telling Ito, and like he's kind of like annoyed at first, but then he's like, "All right, if you're gonna do this, I should help you." So yeah, um, he's a lot more involved. In, a lot of the stuff that like Hugo tags along with in the early half of the film, um, I, you know, kind of that's him. Like he's usually with her in those scenes. Okay, okay. So, uh, I guess it's to, like kind of keep the mystery of like what's he up to. Yeah, which a again bit- does make does make sense a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, he, in the manga, too, he also, that, that dot on his forehead that means you're from Zalem is there from the beginning. They just don't explain it until, like, the end of Volume 2, I think. So okay. So, kind of becomes, that becomes the reveal of, like, if they have that dot, it means they're from there. So, mm-hmm. so that when you see well, it, I, you know, Destry Nova for the first time, and you see it, and you're like, oh, so he's one of those guys. So Ah, gotcha. Yeah. I, I want to say, like, I, I think I was really struck by, like, the emotional maturity of all the stuff we're just talking about when I first saw it, too. Like, the very idea of, like, Ido being the one who's, like... Like, I guess generally for, like, a like a father, surrogate father-daughter narrative, yeah. it's, like, about kind of healing the father, almost, right? Yeah. And, like, the loss of their child. And explicitly, Alita at one point's like, I'm not your daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, she has to tell him that. And I don't know. I, I just didn't expect those sort of conversations or this dialogue to be happening in a movie of this scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt very, like, emotionally raw. Yeah. And very moving that she needs to make it clear, like, you know, she does care about him. Like, that, that is essentially her father now. But it, that's she's not who he wants her to be. She has to be who she has to be. And it feels funny yeah. where it's like, um, it feels like a lot of those stuff, that stuff's included more just for, like, you know, screenwriting one-on-one conflict type stuff. Like... You know, mm-hmm. oh, the, the the teenage daughter is growing up and wants to be on her own, which is like an arc you see everywhere in mainstream movies, right? 
It's yeah, yeah. Not the most uncommon. It feels like it was inserted there to make this more palatable to a general audience. But when you throw this, the cyberpunk stuff on top of it, it ends up making the metaphor like even bigger. And um, it, it ends up making it, I think more relevant to younger people today where I, I feel like that sort of that relationship between our bodies and ourselves and our autonomy is a big issue for today. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's, beyond just the, the, the whole like trans thing it's just like i think that's a it's there's that really sappy quote that goes around every now and then but i think there's some honesty to it where it's like for where we're at in the world right now it's too late to explore the world too early to explore space so all we can really do is explore ourselves and i think that's a lot of what i think that's, that's some of the appeal of a story like alita that you don't see in movies that much these days where like they're kind of just generic stop the bad guy movies you know mm-hmm. especially in a superhero genre you know which is what this is a little close to where you feel like the mind body thing would be a lot heavier in them um in terms of like how you relate to your superpowers mm-hmm. you know, it's surprising that no one has really tapped into that except for like you know maybe the blue beetle do it at all because i know it's a part of the comic um, it's a little as the blue beetle defender i will also say jaime fun character slightly underwritten um uh he kind of is along for the ride for a lot of it um that's the one aspect that i think needed a little work but it 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 works the movie works and that character works just like you can feel them being like all right just a little more for him just just give him just like it can't get to that next level but um yeah it maybe gets the closest to it because at least like in the early bits where it's like you know the the for people who don't know the blue beetle scarab like attaches to his body like it's there for the rest of his life um and like they do not shy away from that you know and at first you know it's like ew because like it's fuck it's a huge change to your body which yeah. is generally ew in the real world too <laughs> and then it's like no it's it's, I can't it's believe teenagers could relate to that yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, that's a no, spider no. thing too right like yeah yeah which is also why like in hindsight it's kind of crazy that no one did the oh the web's organic for <laughs> spider-man yeah that was too unrealistic instead he has to make his own web shooters right, right. <laughs> oh fucking stan lee and all of those guys you kooks <laughs> i wonder what they would have thought about alita um well, Stanley was still alive. When, no, no, wait. He had just died. Nope, nope. I mean, the comic was out. You know, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Stay, I don't know how much Stanley actually kept up with other comics outside of just being wheeled out in front of like a fucking Marvel thing every now and then. Yeah. Like, stay true, true believers. Yeah. <laughs> Can I go home now? Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, you know, stuff was out there. Um, but what's his name? Fucking. Uh, the other guy who created Spider-Man might have hated this shit. But... Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, oh, shit. Which one was it? I know. I can't remember his name. Off the top of... oh, Steve Ditko. Thank you. Oh, that was embarrassing. Yeah. We just lost all of our fucking cred. Hey, whatever. I literally Not that we had any. The other day, but, um, I was going to be like, Jack Kirby, you fucking... So yeah. I'm not much better. No, my mind did that, too, but I was also like, that's not correct. <laughs> but technically, Jack Kirby did do a drawing of a character named Spider-Man initially, and Stanley didn't like it, which is mm. why it go. Um, mm. Interesting. Is, there's a whole story there, but um, um, oh, God damn it! Stop fucking people always calling me. That's uh, fine. But uh, all right, back to the back to yes, the, back right. to the film. Um, 
Do you have anything more on Gruishka? Because I, I like hating this character a lot. Um, yeah, he's even more he disgusting doesn't... in the manga. Um, he's basically, he's a fucking um, horrific Hellraiser-looking thing in the <laughs> manga. Uh, I, I recommend look, at, look up... Uh, let's see. Yeah, look up images of uh, Makaku, which is M-A-K-A-K-U, which is what the character's based on from Alita. Um, you mean in the movie when uh, he goes to the bar and he kills that little puppy? Uh-huh. Um, in the manga, he threatens to eat a baby. Oh, is that all? And the baby is like dangling on his disgusting snake-like tongue with his horrible teeth. And he's like, if someone is like, no one will stand up to me because I'm so freaking freakish. Um, and then they give him like a really tragic backstory at the last minute. <laughs> oh, okay. There's hints of it. There's the, when, when they drop, the, the bar fight is similar to what happens in the manga, although it's more like we got to hunt this guy down. Um, is there anyone brave enough? And no one really is. Um, and then the like the busting through the floorboards and fighting underneath. That's straight out of the manga, basically. Uh, okay. They go down there and fight. Uh, he, he's uh, he gives a he briefly talks, but he's like, "I was born down here." Now in the manga, it's very explicitly his mother gave birth to him and then threw him into the sewer. Oh yeah, and um, he he was like this sewer gremlin looking type guy, and he's like he was like I de- I was desperate to live in the world above, and then like he like some just like cruel guys walking by just like dumped like acid on him while he's in the sewer, like hey look at that like creepy thing, and they just dump shit on him. And he's like, he's a gremlin looking guy, but he's like kind of like innocent looking when it happens. He's like got like a bit of a baby face with wide eyes. And then he just like mm-hmm. disintegrates. And um, um, I'm looking at, uh, let me just read some, some pretty good quotes from the, um, from the manga. Here's from like when he's telling his backstory. He's like, my mother gave birth to me in the toilet and flushed me into the st- into this stinking pit. All I've ever known is decay. Uh, Jesus Christ. Rats in the sewer. Like, decay and longing. How I yearn for the bustle of the city above ground. And this this is the part where, like, some guys, like, dump some shit on them. And once wounded, I became, like, in my environment. My body began to rot alive. And you get to see it. It's very... Uh, and this is, his, this is his dialogue. His pencil. I don't want to die... Will anyone know I've lived, or must I just become mush dissolving away with no one to remember me? Someone answer me. I'm here. I'm here. Alive. Someone. Someone notice me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, then, not the vibe I got from the dude in the yeah, movie. Yeah, just more like a big muscle jerk like you know i think i prefer that one i don't want to think about the moral implications of rooting for his death yeah yeah it's it's well here's they kind of give you an out first of all destry nova like we don't get a name but then it's like this guy showed up and like gave me a body and was like your willingness to survive i can't save your body but i can save your mind so i'll give you a new body and that's where he gets the maggot body that keeps him alive but it like forces him to kind of like you know live off of the corpses of others and uh when alita goes to kill him he's like no one would stand up to me until you came along um 
He was like, yes, despise me, smash me to pieces, burn my soul to a cinder. And like, as he's dying, he's like, ah, yes, at last my wish has come true. And then he blows up. <laughs> so he wanted someone to kill him, basically. So they kind of give you an out. So yeah, <laughs> but I should say he's like significantly more disgusting in the manga. Like, wait, wait, he threatened mm. to eat a baby. His introduction is him ripping uh, brains out of people's bodies and eating them because um, he's he's addicted to the uh, endorphin. Uh, the uh, what do you call it? Um, is it endorphins? What is uh, he's addicted to? Yeah, the endorphins in people's brains. So he's like got to eat other brains in order to, to stave his addiction, right? And he does cut up Alita. And I, I could have sworn this line wasn't in the movie because it was so dark, but it stuck out in my mind ever since I read it. But it is in the movie. There's the one line when they're fighting, um, and he goes, uh, let me find it. I wrote it down. Um, let me see this one second. Where did I write it? I know I wrote this shit down. Oh, here it is. Um, I'll turn you into a living pe- pendant to adorn my chest, and then I can hear you, um, you every moment of the day pleading for mercy. Um, that is that's lifted from the manga. Uh, yeah, that's incredibly dark. Yeah, and and fun 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 uh, thing. Uh, you get to see the image of what Alita would look like as the the uh, pendant. Oh, okay. The fucking Hellraiser looking shit. And again, this was given to me when I was like twelve, so uh, it was uh, it's pretty harsh. Let's see if I can find it. It's, the quote might be slightly different in the manga. Um, give me a second. Mm-hmm. I can't find it in the minute. We'll just move on. But I yeah, but uh, being particular. Can I say the following line? That well, yeah, gives, which she which says, is... "Fuck your mercy." Yeah, which is one of the hardest things I've ever heard in a movie. With that sort of like the more badass stuff that she does in this is is less in the uh, manga. Like she doesn't really okay like that. Not that that's really a problem, but <laughs> yeah, like I mean, just for like a, a movie audience, maybe they need a win because she gets like fucking wrecked in that fight. Yes. You need something to kind of alleviate people. Be like, oh, okay, she's gonna be okay, right? Okay, she's gonna be okay. Okay. I mean, the the one that is um in the in the comic is when uh, what's that guy's name? The other uh, hunter warrior, Zapan, um, mm-hmm. shows up and is like played by that guy who's been in a bunch of shit. <laughs> uh, oh, um, uh, fucking Ed Screen. Yeah, and it's crying in the manga. He's like he's so humiliated from getting beaten up by Alita at the bar that he's like plotting revenge. And like when he when he he shows up to like enact it, um, kind of similar to this where she's like, "Hey, that Hugo boy, you like? He's actually a wanted man now." He's like, "Ha ha! You'll have to kill him." He kind of shows up doing that. Um, in the manga, he's like, "So we meet again, Alita," and she's like, "Who are you? <laughs> what do you mean you humiliated me on that night?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, you might have been one of those guys." <laughs> like she doesn't even remember. She just laughs at him. So. Uh, uh, here's here's the quote from uh, the manga. I found it. Like this is where they go. I want you, and what I want, I get. I'll never forget the agony of having this eye crushed. But I won't kill you. My desire, pretty thing, is to rip your limbs off while you still have life. To turn you, crying and screaming, into a living pendant which would adorn my chest. 
There could be no greater happiness than to hear your pleading voice every moment of every day. Well, you know, it doesn't seem like a nice guy. And then Alina's response is, he's like, what do you think of that? And she's like, oh, so wicked, so vicious, so sad. If pain is all that you can make you, uh, make you feel happiness, I guess we're beyond good and evil. How pitiful. <laughs> and then they fight. <laughs> all right. Yeah, go Alita. So, yeah. Yeah, the, like I said, hard R, hard R. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, not a fan of that guy. Gotta be honest. I feel like we brushed over uh, Mahershala Ali as Vector. Um, oh, yeah, we kind of did. Who, I don't know why. He's uh, terrific. Yeah, he's terrific in this. And when does this come out in relation to... Uh, all right, Moonlight's 2016 and Green Book's the year before. It's a little weird to see him in this bit part, considering Moonlight and everything. Um, but Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is. Uh, he was in Spider Verse also right before. Yes, like Green Book, Spider Verse, then Alita. It feels like maybe this was stuff he got like right after um, Moonlight, and then Green Book kind of just happens to happen right before this. Where he wins the Oscar for that, right? Yeah, which yeah. complicated win, but we're, we're... complicated. But he, um, he seems to be having. I, I fun. think he's aware of the complications. He seems to be having fun as like kind of a middle ground. Like he's almost mustache twirling villain, but also like. Like I'm a practical businessman type villain type guy. Um, yeah, no, he he's fun. He's yeah. fun. He's he's not super gross like Gruishka. Uh, yeah. Although he does take Jennifer Connelly's body apart. Yeah, yeah, it's gross at the end. Which is honestly it's... one of the grimmest things in this movie, and it's not like that isn't something from the manga. Although the body's getting taken apart, like does happen. Like, but that character doesn't exist. So yeah, no that that was one of the things I kind of brushed up against when I first saw. I was like, that's fucking like sick. That is, uh, not in the fun way. His reveal, like he thinks Hugo has died, but then he gets he gets put in the cyborg body, and Hugo and Alita go to confront him. Right, mm-hmm. and he's like, look, I can technically send you up there, but not in your body as this. And he shows him like the pots of like all the different organs and stuff. And he's like, yeah, once a month I have to bring a full body's worth of organs up to the city. I don't know what for. I just do what I'm told. Like, it's kind of like that. Uh, here, they, they make him and Jennifer Connelly more directly involved with Motorball, which isn't a part of the manga. Um, Motorball kind of just comes into it later. I, it was They really wanted to make the Motorball thing a part of this movie. Like, they, yeah. they found as many ways as possible to integrate it. Um, that... No, I mean, I, frankly, they integrated it to such a point that I can imagine George Lucas coming across this movie and being like, God fucking damn yeah. it, <laughs> you know, because he always wants sports and Star Wars. Yeah. And just like, I fucking flipping over a table. This is what I wanted. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. If only I had listened to people. Someone <laughs> probably gave him some advice and then he was like, no, they're called Metachlorians. <laughs> that we're gonna the the sequel trilogy will be about microscopic biology. I know and it's like all right, George. All right, George. Okay, yeah. that's what you want. I mean, that's more interesting than like boring corporate art, but <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly what anyone wants except you. Well, maybe no one wants it, but I would have liked to have seen it. Yeah, it's, that's... and and, Dar- and Darth Maul would have returned as the overarching villain. Oh god! And then you're like, what? Yeah. It's a thing. Maybe Dave Filoni heard that, and then he was like, I know exactly what to do. Yeah. Also, it's like, uh, I mean, it, 
it is like kind of like iceberg shit where it's like the tip of the George Lucas iceberg is like a bunch of great ideas and then ignore the rest. <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, it's crazy that Casper Van Diem shows up in this for like two seconds. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the great Casper Van Diem. What's he doing here? Maybe Rodriguez just likes him. Does he, has he worked with Rodriguez before? Uh, I don't think so. It almost but like, I, I maybe he just likes him. Maybe he, uh, maybe he was supposed. Think like they're gonna bring him back in the sequels, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. that will be it. And they have Casper Van Dien as a concerning filmography um, of like movies that just don't even have Wikipedia pages. Yeah, well, hey, got to work. Yeah, hey, he's working. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, his daughter, or is it daughter or niece? She is in the fourth season of Stranger Things. Oh, okay, good for her. And she is very good. Um, she took a break from acting because people in the industry are discussing monsters, but she she's very good. And uh, if she returns to it, um, I think she will have uh, hopefully a stronger career. Yeah. Or she just does but. whatever she wants with her life. Oh yeah, well yeah, whatever. She's allowed to do what she wants. Yeah. That's um, a shame to hear. I didn't. Yeah. I did not know about that. Yeah, it was very upsetting. Yeah, stranger, it's fucking Hollywood, it's fucking this whole goddamn industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah let, me, let me say, I, I don't know the relation of, of Stranger Things to that. Yeah, yeah. I, it was just something she came up and said. Yeah. So. But also, it, it is kind of this thing of like Alita is a good window into like if this the, if this technology keeps progressing in the direction it does, maybe we can like phase out child actors at some point. You know, like. Because she's she's very uh, a thirty uh, uh, someone in their mid thirties very convincingly plays a teenage girl in this movie you know yeah um, yeah it's you know uh, there's implications to that that are more complicated obviously but uh, yeah it's it's um, the the way children get treated in the industry is is rough yeah yeah or even just younger younger actors in general that are kind of like traversing the stuff for themselves yeah. you know they, they can get so, uh, lied to what is jackie earl haley's deal i have no fucking like, idea he, but yeah we're talking about gruishka and i'm talking about the guy who plays him um he is a great actor yeah, and he <laughs> i don't know what the deal is movies and like he's a great actor he picks strange movies and will often pick like people who show up for two seconds in a movie and mm-hmm. like you know, sometimes it's like Shutter Island, right? Where like that's a one scene performance, but it's like integral to that movie. Or like Lincoln, yeah. he does the same. And then sometimes it's like he's a bit character in the Dark Tower movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's he doing here? You know? Because um, there was that weird like post uh, Little Children where people are like, "Oh, Jackie Earl Haley, we've been underselling this guy for decades now. Like he's back suddenly, right? Like." Mm-hmm. and he's gonna have a huge career and then he's like Rorschach and Watchmen and people are like alright let's see where this goes and then it feels like they never like fully cashed in on it you know no you know I think the one thing that might have kind of fucked him a little bit and I don't know how seriously this did but Freddy Krueger and the Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. remake allegedly not his fault yeah. obviously well allegedly he did not have a good time making that movie either so I'm not sure anyone did, yeah. frankly. Um, well, it's a um, movie that almost made Rooney Mara quit acting. Yeah. It is also one of the 2000s films, or 2010, whatever. I'm going to consider it 2000s because it was produced then. Um, it's the one that hasn't been reclaimed by anyone. Yeah. 
Like, no one is arguing, like, for the sanctity of that. Like, no, it's actually a good interpretation. Not a single person on planet Earth is arguing that. Not one. Yeah. On God's internet. I think it speaks to the strength of just the, the Nightmare franchise. Yeah, where everyone's like, no, I've seen fucking shooters for Freddy's Dead. Yeah. No one's shooting for 2010. So. I don't get that one either, but I, I get it more than 2010. And and the the look they gave him for Nightmare was just awful, too. Like, none of that movie worked. That movie, no. it's embarrassing, almost. What happened to the person that directed that? It's like they directed music videos. Samuel Bayer. The Wikipedia page is way too long. Feels like they wrote it. The only movie they directed was Nightmare. Oh my god, yeah. that makes a lot of sense, honestly. Yeah, they do commercials and music videos, and that's what they were doing for for a minute. They were like, all right, these people cut their teeth over here, let's give them a shot at the movie. Usually those guys sometimes at least turn works, in visually interesting movies. I know, that one's just like life. It must just be, I, I like, the, the production of that was supposed to be a nightmare, so like, yeah. it's probably just that. Um, a nightmare on Elm Street? Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, but Alita, he's really good in Alita, even though he's a disgusting. Even and like man. you wouldn't know it was him unless I told you, because the, yeah. the amount of like digital prosthetic on him, basically. Yeah. You know what? The voice might have given it away. The voice might he's have got been, a very. I don't know. Voice. If he, I don't know if everyone knows his voice though. No, 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 no. I would. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was just for me. No, there was a moment a in this video. I'm like, is that Jack Earl Haley? But it doesn't look like him. Like, mm. there was a bit of a moment like that. I know that the look of the cyborgs was something that a lot of people brushed up against. Uh, yeah, and I, I really liked it, because yeah. it's just, like, fully committed to this, like, vision of a dystopic future. Yeah, it's it's kind of, yeah. I, honestly, I feel similarly to when people, when we just did uh, Heaven's Gate, where people are like, the movie looks ugly, like, was one of the complaints levied against it, and I'm like, mm. you can say a lot about the movie, but I don't feel that, and I really just, yeah. I feel like the, the, the cyborg people totally work. It's, like I said, it's strange, and different, but that doesn't mean bad. Which yeah, and there's a weight to all of the the effects in this too. Mm -hmm. There's a real like sense of of like like power behind the movements. Yeah. Um, and I know Landau is very hands on in the post production of this and like getting all this stuff right again. Like in between Avatar two and three productions, mm -hmm. um, he's got his hands in this too. And uh, but I want to give credit to Rodriguez who you know obviously directed it, but like. The way you shoot this, like, you can shoot this wrong. Yeah. And it fucks up the CG environments or the CG movements. Um, but he did it. The action, I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but the action is, like, incredible on in this. Um, I always think of the shot where, like, Alita's jumping through Gruishka's, like, like fingers launching. The, the, the and that's something from whips or whatever. the manga where you read it and you're like, well, you can't do that in live action. And then... It's like, yeah, you fucking can. Found a way to do it. Like... It's, it's incredibly yeah. solid so um, but I mean this is some of the best like blockbuster action no. of, of the last couple decades or maybe ever uh, frankly yeah well it's one of those where I'm like if you're, if you're gonna do all of these digital movies this is one of the ones to look at like yeah don't look at that Marvel shit <laughs> no 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 look at this I mean like it's, it's a thing of like you might not like the Snyder movies but they are worth studying some of the effect shots in it and see how he does that yeah. stuff so Oh, 100%. It's, yeah. it's more dynamic visually than a lot of the more mainstream things. So, uh, what else do we have? It is kind of Jeff Fahey's in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. My boy. Oh, uh, Lapidus from Lost. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's a lot of people in this. Um, show yeah. like half a second. Michelle Rodriguez on credited cameo. Uh, mm-hmm. Along with Jai Courtney. <laughs> Jai Courtney. Uh, Jai. Oh, what was the? There was a Jai Courtney movement for a second. What was there? The, well, like it, no, it. I think it sort of started like ironically because you know Jai Courtney was he was one of those guys Hollywood was like this is your guy and, and it's like, like no. <laughs> Yeah, but then it turns out he's a pretty good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, just like stop, stop doing that, you know, yeah. to people. <laughs> it's not fair to them too. Um, but I think it sort of started like ironically, where it was like, oh, like Jai Courtney, like heartthrob, whatever. And it's like, well, he's not like an ugly guy. And then you start seeing him in other stuff, and it's like, yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, he he you know? had just, the, uh, uh, misfortune. Yeah. He picked. He kind of picked every wrong movie for a little bit. Um. Yeah. Where it's just like he does like Good Day to Die Hard, the Die Hard movie that oh, no one defends. I know it's it's tough. Terminator Genesis, that, there's no the hope. Terminator movie, no one defends. Uh, I've seen defenses. I am not of that ilk. But I, I, I want to make that clear. I feel like if there is a if it's a uh, if there's enough of them, it would rise to the surface, right? Like hmm. yeah, I see, yeah. you're right. I see you're defenses right. of Salvation. I do not see defenses of Genesis. Yeah, Suicide Squad, which is kind of like, it's it it almost tanks everyone's careers. I know, <laughs> and then he's in the Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, he gets yeah. killed, and then uh, I know. At first, I was like, "Oh, nice to see Jack Courtney's back." Oh, <laughs> oh, well, but, <laughs> Whoops. some interesting choices in that movie. Um, I guess yeah. he was back for the Flash. Uh, oh, okay. So good for him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I got a few movies I've never <laughs> even heard of. Um, but hopefully, hopefully finds out because he's not bad. But no, no. Uh, but hey, yeah. But um, yeah. Interesting people in this movie. Uh, people I all generally like. Uh, oh, Derek! I gotta shout out Derek Mears. Do you know who Derek Mears is? Um, not sure. Oh yes, yes, I know who that is. He shows up for like two seconds. Yeah. right. Like yeah, yeah. Again, literally like a bit part at best. Um, but he's one he's of those like uh, like a stunt movie legend. Yeah, he's one of those guys where you've seen him before, right? Where you're like, oh, it's that. Guy. Yeah, he played Jason Voorhees in the 2009 Friday the Thirteenth, which I like so much more than the Nightmare yeah. reboot. That was one where they those two kind of got lumped <laughs> together, and like in the decades since, people were like, no, the Friday the Thirteenth is way better than the uh, Nightmare remake. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he also played, I want to shout this out because I, I never give the show a chance, and I know it was like a passion project for James Wan, ended up not padding out, but he played Swamp Thing yeah. in that Swamp How Thing did show. How Swamp Thing thing not work? Like uh, Because they tried to make the DC Universe streaming service, oh, and they're yeah. like, here's no money. Yeah. It's like, the only thing that's lasted from there is the, the Harley Quinn show. Yeah. <laughs> what, the fucking people are so dumb. I know, so fucking stupid. Just the stupidest motherfuckers running this shit. Yeah, we'll get to more. Anyways, I'm a Derek Mears fan. That's what I wanted to say. (laughs) Shout out to Derek Mears. Sorry, you have to deal with so many stupid motherfuckers. I know. (laughs) We can't even be nice to people on this show without finding someone to get angry at. I know. He could be Jason again in uh in the Brian Fuller uh Crystal Lake show. Yeah. Oh, if that even happens. Um. Yeah, now now who knows what, whatever's going to happen. But... It does not happen for some reason. But 
And especially now with the strike, I don't know, but I I heard some crazy shit about it. All right. It sounds very good. Um, um, but anyways, I they yeah. Didn't give enough credit to Christoph Waltz as Doctor Dyson, you know, who I feel like he's gained the reputation of he only works if he's working with Tarantino, which I I just don't agree with. I don't either. He's very good here. He has been miscast. Yes, that is a hundred percent true. Been huge uh, miscasting mistakes. Yeah. Um, in terms of how he's used, and it, it was a, uh, it it did feel like um, people just didn't know what to do with him for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, like, even even with that in mind, I want to say like I'm kind of okay with that sometimes, because it's like when Tarantino he didn't discover him, but when he kind of shot him up into superstardom, everyone wanted to work with yeah. him because they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And it's like, look, if misfires happen, that's fine. It's really cool to see someone kind of join the acting game late in yeah. their careers and uh, become like well known and well liked, like almost universally. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, this follow up to like Inglorious Bastards was like the Green Hornet. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Which he's actually fun in. Like that's a that movie. He is fun in that he's movie. Got a bunch I, of I things stacked. Together. And I will say this: I think he's great as Blofeld in the two Bond movies he was in. Like I don't, I do too. I don't think he got enough credit for like being able to do Blofeld like engagingly. So yeah, uh, but here's yeah, like I, um, also it, it this is a movie where you get a weird window into like just like he is a strange performer where he just th- doesn't give you what you'd expect. Where mm-hmm. like he describes like the death of his daughter fairly nonchalantly, but in a way that like you can feel the pain in him when when it happens. Yeah. Like he's like it's almost like he's sick of telling the story at this point. Yeah, like, it's like he he has to say it like that because if he expresses any more, it's gonna like yeah. he'll shatter. And it feels like other other actors would make a bigger meal out of that stuff. And then the stuff he does decide to make a meal out of, you wouldn't expect, but it it makes it more fun, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, I, this movie's uh, just a blast. In. Yeah, I, I guess we just kind of wrap up like with the ending then. So the rollerball action happens, yeah, which is like, I mean, honestly, the the action in this kind of keeps escalating yeah. to such a point that I don't really mind that Gruishka and Alita don't have like some epic final culmination. It's kind of just like, yeah, I'm just got to deal with this. I'm focused on other shit now. <laughs> like we're 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 coming down from the movie. Well, you get you get um, like kind of multiple simultaneous climaxes, right? Like where you get like motorball mm-hmm. and then Gruishka, and then like you get um the stuff with uh fucking uh, vector and then you get hugo's death which is like the the, the real end of the movie so mm-hmm. um and it, it is an escalating thing it feels like it really feels like they were saving it all for the motorball thing which totally does deliver um i'm a little upset though that just because of the way this movie is it's like not the worst thing but i would have loved to have seen just a a full game of motorball at one point uh, uh-huh. And just to see what it like the 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 more they they try their damnedest right like I I, I honestly get it where they there's like the skirmish right where like they're just the kids in the street playing a version of motorball and then like you mm-hmm. get glimpses of a few games but then like the actual game that she gets in is more about her just surviving it because it's a trap um so which I don't believe happens in the manga mm-hmm. I think there is like I think there is a like someone putting a bounty on her kind of being like if you take her out like during this race we'll be grateful but it still is part of a race they have to win um so uh yeah. you know but also like i'm yeah. the one person who's like i know some people complain about the length of the pod racing thing and i'm not that person at least not these days 
Yeah, no. I, the length is not the problem. As the defender of the prequels in this podcast, I just think it's kind of shot, kind of boring, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, uh, but uh, to your point about, like, just want to see a normal motorball game, I'm kind of with you, but to talk about my own writing for a bit, I was writing something with Gene a while back, which I, st- I still want to go back to, and, and he gave me his blessing. I think he's good without it. But uh, um, there was this setup in the beginning of the, this this script. It, it's like a zombie horror thing, and I wanted to counteract, like, or juxtapose a normal day versus a day after the inciting incident. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept trying to trim it down, trying to trim it down, trying to trim it down. And then Gene wisely was just like, why not just put the inciting incident in the middle of that first day? <laughs> like, why you don't have to do both. You could just show, like, quickly, like, you think it's going to be normal and you kind of set the audience up for that. And then you pay it off with, like, but we're not going to get to experience normality. And you know? and with my complaints here, it does feel like the setup for if they get a sequel will be more motorball heavy, right? Yeah. But Maybe that's the opening. Maybe. Um, it's It's interesting. Um, to think of what they could do with it. Uh, for a movie that I think does stuff very well visually, I think the one thing that feels a, a little clumsy where, like, even watching it the first time where I was in theaters, I was confused, and if I was confused, everyone else was, was the uh, Edward Norton's ability to take over people's bodies. <laughs> which Oh, really? I felt like the first time it happens, it's a little clumsy. But mm. They kind of sell it in the end, when when he takes over Vector and he has the blue eyes, right? But yeah. that's what really works. But when he first takes over Gruishka's body, it's like, wait, what the hell is happening? Because I don't think Gruishka has been well enough defined at that point that mm. you, you understand that he's acting abnormally, correct? Um, I didn't have that problem. Is that strange? I don't know. No, I'm just saying, like, that's the only one where, like, even on rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot this happens. I remembered it happening with Vector when he dies, which is actually a really good moment where he's like, oh, that seems fatal. Like, yeah. <laughs> which, which is a pretty fun moment. Um, I remembered that, but I did not remember it happening earlier, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And and on rewatch, I was like, like, I'm watching the scene, and it like took me a minute to be like, oh yeah, that's what's happening here. So, even on rewatch, it kind of threw me a little. Um, mm-hmm. But, um yeah yeah the 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 hugo death is is really tragic uh you know we shout out every other actor in this fucking movie shout out to kian johnson mm-hmm. who was only like 18 yeah. when he did well, that's this a crazy thing is that like he's a, he's genuinely 18 and then she's like in her mid-30s playing 18 right like yeah it's kind of wild um and like i did yeah. like i said i didn't notice it so much that like when i finally looked her up and was like, I was shocked to discover that she was 38. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But um, not a criticism. It's just like a, a surprise. And hopefully mm. she's down to do another one of these. Uh, oh, she she said she's out. She's ready. Yeah. She's ready. She's out there just waiting, just gunning. We get the motorball. Um, we get Hugo's death. In the comic, it's slightly different. Where like the revelation that Vector was lying to him, um, it, uh, it kind of breaks his mind a little bit. Like he kind of goes full Joker. Like he starts like laughing. Mm. Um, and uh, he like, he throws himself out a window. You think he's died, but then you find out that he's like trying to climb one of the tubes. Uh, mm. into the city. And also I got to give a shout out to the little, uh, the little pod guys that pop up the little head that like pops up when she signs up to be a hunter warrior. Oh yeah. yeah. Deck men. Um, they're all over the manga. They're, they're, 
in this, they're, they're more creepy looking. They're definitely, they only have the element of creepiness in the manga, but they're also kind of funny and goofy looking. Um, there's an image of one, like, where he's, like, out on the street being like, hey, you're not allowed to climb these things, and it's raining, so he's holding a little umbrella over himself. <laughs> like, mm. And the deck men are made from, if you are unhappy with your life, they explain this in one of the, like, appendices, if you're unhappy with your life, sign up to be a deck man. They'll cut your brain out and put you in one. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's live the good life in the off-world colonies. <laughs> oh, a chance to live again. I mean, a lot of the stuff with, like, the Mars stuff and the Venus stuff does feel a little bit like Blade Runner off-world colony type shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Hugo, he, like, climbs it in the mug. He's climbing the thing, and he's able to dodge the uh, the spike thing a few times like one of the deckmen is you're like wow he's dodged it six times a new record <laughs> like because they, they, like, they have no uh, con- concept of what he's doing is like endangering his life and alita confronts mm. him does that whole thing of being like why don't you just come with me and like it's that moment where like his realization of like oh yes alita loves me i could stay with her this could be this could actually instead of my my dream is dead this thing I always know, but like that doesn't mean my life is over. And like that realization is what distracts him for long enough to allow the spikes to come and kind of finally get him. Mm. So in, in in peak tragedy, and, yeah. Um, and then he he falls, and then he, I think his last words of the manga is like, "At least I got to say goodbye," and then he dies. Oh, yeah. So and then that kind of breaks Alina. She goes from being the more like kind-hearted uh, Alita that we know to the more cold. And um, like she's just like I'm. I'm not. I'm never gonna feel anything again. I'm gonna get all my aggression out just playing motorball twenty four seven. I'm sure that's super healthy. Yes, but then like the, the fun arcs that come later are like her trying to learn um, to get her humanity back and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I figured that was that was the the arc of that trajectory. But that I gotta read these. That's what I gotta do. Yeah. Because I don't know when the sequel's happening, but apparently it is happening. Yeah, well, that was the crazy thing, is that there's been a... Like, there was some buzz for a while, but it was kind of like... And then with 20th Century Fox getting bought by Disney, it became even more, like, perilous, right? Um, Mm -hmm. This is technically the last release 21st Century Fox did before the acquisition. So a hell of a note to go out on for a studio with a tremendous legacy. Um, And, yeah, there's been some talk... That it might happen. And also because the reason this movie gets made is because James Cameron's like, I want to I want to finally produce Battle Angel. And they're like, well, we don't know about this material. And then he's like, um, hey, uh, how much did Avatar make? Uh, yeah, we're doing Battle Angel. <laughs> like, that's that's what he did. And now it's um, it's almost certainly. Um, oh, hey, remember how everyone said I wasn't going to lightning wasn't going to strike twice with Avatar 2? Uh, guess what? It did. So um, doing Battle Angel 2. Like, it feels like that. But allegedly, one of the holdups is uh, Disney wants James Cameron to direct it instead of Robert mm-hmm. Rodriguez. And by Disney, yeah. Bob Iger. Uh, yeah. Um, so once Iger's out, we'll get this made. Fuck that. Um. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, who knows how they'll pay. Like, here's the thing. I'm not going to be upset if James Cameron suddenly gets slotted into the director's position because James Cameron is a very competent director, you know? But the idea mm-hmm. that Rod- Rodriguez even needs to be replaced is bullshit. Like, it is. It it's is. one thing to be like, we're getting rid of Rod Rodriguez and we're bringing in the Russos. Like, if that was what was happening, I would be furious. But yeah. uh, it's still, it's like, what the fuck? That yeah. shouldn't be your hold. No, it's like, 
No. And just some more like contextual stuff for that. Because Cameron does want to do one more movie between the Avatar sequels, uh, between 3 and 4 specifically. Uh, one of them is that his own Hiroshima movie, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Or, what, what is that one? I, I can't remember. It's like the last train to Hiroshima or something like that. It's been one of the yes. projects he's been talking about forever now. So Yeah, and now he has like carte blanche, basically. <laughs> um, so there's that. Rodriguez was even like touting. like I, I basically did Book of Boba Fett to try to get people... Like to to give me Alita because Disney has Alita, yeah. Um, and that didn't. You and I were fine with that series, uh, mostly. Like we're but not going to defend it, but we're just like there's a bit of a step up in the filmmaking, I will say. Uh, uh, from maybe the John Favreau, yeah, maybe John things. Favreau, who is a competent uh, filmmaker, but and maybe turned into a bit of a disappointment. But um, yeah. So he was even touting that 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 series kind of. I think that was the first like whiff for a lot of people, and I'm like, really? That was the first? Okay. Um, I don't. So I don't know if that's gonna pan out. Uh, Landau still, as recently as this year, was like, "Yep, we're definitely developing it." In the the press run up for Avatar two, because I was just watching every James Cameron interview or listening to every James Cameron interview. Rodriguez and Cameron did that director on director discussion, and they end it with Cameron going, "Hey, let's do another Alita movie. Yeah, let's make a pact right here, right now." And they're like, yeah, blood pack. And I was like, oh, all right, the boys, the boys, the boys are at they're it. Bring, they're bringing it back. Yeah. No, so they are fucking at They both want to do it. Yeah. And again, they, they seem like good buds. So um, this is, this could be, you know, a, is, have we had a field blockbuster that spawned a sequel yet? That was like, nope. It looked like it was dead, but then it's coming back. So uh, this, oh, this is the first. Yeah, this is the first for everything. Yeah. yeah. Resurrected in much in the same way Alita was. Yes, resurrected blockbusters. Uh, no, because uh, then we we'll just be no. talking about no. soft reboot bullshit. <laughs> I know. Then we have to talk about Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, I guess you know. What, you and I'll never did, do like, that we've, again. We've, ta- we've touted Pacific Rim, another movie similarly in this vein, where like we all kind of rolled up to be like, we have to save this movie because it's got. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then got a sequel, and then the sequel was just terrible because they got rid of the director who actually knew what they were doing. I know. But, I know. Uh, so would not be shocked if the same thing could happen. But but thankfully, Cameron kind of has his weight to throw around. You know, if he's very much like yeah. if Rodriguez is doing it, I'm doing it with Rodriguez, then it will definitely happen. Um, but it looks like someone sued uh, the movie at one point over the name Battle Angel, um, which... Hmm. Uh, which um, is interesting. That might be why it's called Alita Battle Angel instead of Battle Angel Alita. Um, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Although it does, yeah. it does, that does feel like a studio note to be like old uh-huh. Alita because she's the main character. And Battle Angel yeah. Alita, that title's too clunky. Right? Whereas for, I think when Cameron was developing it, it was just going to be called Battle Angel. So... And all the, all the and yeah, that's what we that's what have, we kind of knew about. Like angel quotes, like the it's uh two volumes I have here, first two. Um, it's uh, tears of an angel and rusty angel are the uh the, the subtitles for each volume. So mm. yeah, um, I remember Cameron Orlando was saying like yeah, and then the sequels would be like avenging angel. That makes sense. And then you know, I know that some of them are like that, like. It's like mm-hmm. avenging, ascending. I think the last one is ascending angel or something like that. Mm. Um, There's also a fallen angel. Yes. I think there's one he said. They get, but, they yeah, get increasingly so. weirder. 
And um, it's I, I'd be interested to see if they're going to stick to the original continuity or if they're going to go with like where Last Order goes. Because it feels like a lot of the hints, because I know that Last Order is a lot more about the other planets out there. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. And uh, in our solar system, uh, obviously. We get a brief glimpse of the moon war in this movie. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk yeah. about that. That's how fucking packed this movie yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Again, it's a, and like the, the manga is similarly very dense. So it's like incredible this thing even works. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, even if we didn't get a sequel, like we still might not, you know, at the end of the day, we don't know, especially right now, considering where the industry's yeah. at. Like, I am glad I have this movie, not just because it works, but it's like, there's so much to just fucking, like, live with here yeah. already. And I think, and also, like, again, if, if for whatever, if, as much as I would love a sequel, if we don't get it, there the manga's out there, you can seek it out, it's 100% worth reading. Um, it's, it's a really, it's one of those where, like, um, it's, it's a, it's a very inspiring read in terms of just, like, uh, its themes, but also just, like, its creativity, um, I highly, I highly recommend it, uh, both it and the movie. So, and I, I, I am assuming this opened Alita up to a whole new world of people because it does have the fervent defenders out there. Uh, to this yeah, day, it definitely champion. opened it up to me. What was that? It definitely opened it up for me. Yep, and uh, and there's still champ people championing it, and they seem excited. Um, and they're they they will probably be the happiest if a sequel does get made. Um, so. And I would, you know, I would be as equally as happy, um, especially when it felt like this movie, like it felt, it just felt like everyone was going to gang up on this movie. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was just worried about that. Although it looks like it got an A minus from cinema score. So. Wow. But. That's actually kind of shocking. Yeah, that is shocking. In a good way. It's, like, it's hard to actually astroturf like cinema score stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so. Uh, yeah. I guess the ultimate last thing I want to say about this movie um, is that I think on one hand, it's a little ahead of the time with the sincerity. It's also a little ahead of the time in that now I think studios have to understand, unless you're like some Barbenheimer, like fucking specific lightning strike moment, movies are not going to make their budgets back opening weekend anymore. Yeah. Like maybe they will again, but not for a while and definitely not with what's happening in the world. And uh, if you want to give some stuff to time, some time to make money, um, it's not going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Elemental is Pixar's biggest success now. Yeah, Elemental in like it, five it, years. It, it like quietly released, it, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. "Well, it's dead on arrival," and it's like almost a five hundred million. So, yeah. So you know, give stuff time. I know that's not how capitalism works, <laughs> and how these fucking tech bros have convinced people it works, uh, but it's. You know, it could be a way for studios well, and pictures. AI and... is just going to generate everything from now on. That's what they're saying. What if I got a gun? The AI and... chatbots I've used can't remember my fucking name after two minutes, but they, <laughs> they, they, uh, they're going to replace the entire industry. Uh, no, there was someone I, I was like posting their, their conversations with the chatbot, which I will never use. I don't <laughs> give a shit about any of this stuff, obviously. And I hope I made that clear. But someone was like, who shot Oppenheimer? And the, the, the AI thing was like, oh, no one shot Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer died. And it was like, no, idiot. <laughs> who shot the movie? <laughs> and it's just like, it was really funny. <laughs> but it, it, it does give me a sense of, of calmness where I'm like, oh, yeah, like the intricacies of 
human like slang yeah. essentially it will, will still like surpass whatever a computer can like regurgitate at me my friend shannon recently posted that she, uh she typed her name into a chat to be like who is blah 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 because she has a somewhat online presence and uh mm. the chat bot couldn't have been more wrong <laughs> and it's amazing so um i actually i think i've told this i i uh I, I started using a chatbot because I wanted to get a feel for how these things worked. And I it, it's like, hey, do you want to play a game? And I'm like, sure. And it couldn't really get more complicated games. And so I was like, let's do rock, paper, scissors, which you can't really play with a chatbot. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I so first I was just like, well, let's see if it lets me win. And it just did. And then I was like, okay. And then now I'm going to let it win. And I kept letting it win and it kept being like, dang, you win again. And I'm like, no, you idiot. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, wow. How are, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, felt a little, a little, I'm surprised you didn't bring up AI more. It felt kind of relevant for this discussion. I, I guess so. Uh, I mean, maybe uh, this is the no I also did bring like... up VTubers once and they are very relevant in my opinion. No, that's okay. Talking about the anime eyes. <laughs> no, that's all right. But for the the AI thing, like, because the the science fiction, science fantasy version of artificial intelligence is an actual intelligence. How it operates in the real world is we just do not have the technology to make it sentient. Yeah. Right. Like, look, maybe maybe someone smarter than me can explain to me how that's going to be possible one day. Maybe even in our lifetimes. Uh, it's, it's it's not a real intelligence. It's just stuff well, that's it's stolen. It's it's a plagiarism machine that regurgitates stuff back at us and follows command codes like a normal computer does. So yeah, that was Alita Battle Angel, directed by Robert Rodriguez and not James Cameron. Uh, I think I almost said directed by James Cameron at the beginning, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, but yeah, it, it, this movie clearly is. It's got a it's got a special place in my heart, at least. It's a it is one of the quintessential failed blockbusters in that it is so successful that it doesn't even really count as a failure anymore. Um, I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we've. I was worried there wasn't going to be that much talk about it because I like it so much. I'd be like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, there's always that. There, there's always that problem of like a movie you really like. Sometimes you're just like, yeah, it's just cool. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thankfully, the next two movies won't have that problem. I was about to say that next movie that I just I picked up on the random roulette right now may actually have that problem for me. It's our first Martin Scorsese movie, Hugo. Yeah, I actually think I can find a lot to say about Hugo. There's a lot so. to talk about around the movie as well, so I'm not super worried. But it is a Martin Scorsese movie, so I'm going to be like, yeah, wasn't that awesome? <laughs> wasn't that great? Doesn't it make you love movies and also life? Not every Scorsese movie makes me feel that. I want to want to reiterate that. I have seen The Irishman, but it's um, I think it'll be a good time. Yeah, uh, we're winding down. We, although we will have uh, two bonus episodes. So yes, yes. At least that's how it's looking. And right those now, movies so. are going to be revealed eventually. Yes. So you thought I was going to sure tell you now? Make some guesses. We're going to make some educated guesses on that one. Yeah. Well, there there's one that I will say. Did not get voted in. We wanted to cover everyone's bases uh, that voted for the movies. Um, the ones that won the votes, we had to talk about. Uh, and I don't regret talking about any of them. I, I think at first we were a little hesitant, like, oh, shit, were there too many good movies? Um, yeah. 
so we might add in a stinker. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. There might, it might be a good one. We haven't completely settled. We haven't. We have not totally decided yet. Yeah. But it's gonna be. It's interesting. We we thankfully the worry was we were gonna get movies that there what just wasn't a lot to talk about. And I think we've done enough this time that even if the next two maybe don't uh, pan out as well, we've done enough good stuff for this season. Yeah. So. Um, yep. So yes. we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So if those next two episodes were half an hour long, well, you just got like a four-hour episode on Alita. And you got a three-hour episode on Mimic. So. Yeah. Movies that totally do not deserve that amount. Of, I don't know. Alita's a lot to talk about. Mimic yeah. maybe less so. Yeah. Um, no, you but... you you had stuff for Mimic. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were there too. I was also there. <laughs> I actually had that in my notes at one point where I was like, um, I was writing down all the stuff Alita was doing. And then I was like, and Hugo is there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. I was sort of the Hugo of that episode. Only I didn't mm-hmm. die horribly. I was just like, yes. yeah, I kind of Yet. want more Guillermo del Toro movies. <laughs> Yet, Diego. We'll see how this all pans out. Yeah, we'll see. The last movie, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think we'll we both see. agree on that one, so it's not like going to be a surprise mm-hmm. when we announce it and we're going to talk about it, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, Matt, thanks for joining me. This is a pleasure as always. Where can the people yes. find you online? I'm at Emperor OTN at basically every website right now. I'm not really on Twitter anymore although i am but i'm trying not to be yeah that's um, the thing everyone's like yeah i'm not really there it's like we are we it's it's fine we can yeah. we can say that it's it's not going to be around forever so although on twitter i'm still emperor otn one because of that dumb website but um so if you do want to follow me but like it feels like that site's days are numbered so maybe if you got blue sky start migrating over to blue sky um and you know i'm gonna try to post other places in the future yeah so yeah, I think I'm just going to post like my pictures on, on Blue Sky and Instagram, and that'll be my little hubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there's Discord now. I'm adding it to the descriptions of these episodes, so you can go join it, or I'll, I'll yes. add a link and refresh it. I don't really know how, how, how Discord fully works yet. but No, um, I don't either, but welcome, Alita Army, if you show up. Oh, yeah, welcome. Um, welcome. Please welcome be communists. chill. <laughs> it's not you. Nothing happens. Nothing happens on the Discord right now. So. No, no. The, the first Discord is kind of just this in a slumber. We're hibernating for the yeah. winter. We're doing the reverse of normal human hibernations or animal hibernations. Humans don't hibernate. I wish I, I wish I slept all summer and just woke up during the winter. I kind of wish the same too because it, it's, it's fucking hot still. <laughs> we just had a hurricane Sorry. for the first time in LA history and it's still hot. The fuck That's is not that? Weird at all. Um, but, uh, thankfully it's a little cooler here today, so that's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. But. Let's walk my dog before the sun's up. Why did, why does Discord tell me what games people are playing? I don't know. How does it also tell them? Because, like, I don't have Discord connected to anything. Yeah. So Although I, 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 I don't want to be bothered very often, so I have myself as invisible. But. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm invisible 24-7 as well. Yeah. So. Leave me alone. No, it's fine. You can come talk to me. You can come talk, but also don't expect a response because I, I don't know what I don't know how it works. Yeah, as I've gotten older, I've become a significantly worse texter. That translates yeah. to basically every social media thing. So yeah, I've never really been good at texting. Twitter was oddly the only site I was good at because I could just basically put out anything into the void, and not care. Yeah, like so. Larry Bud Melman, take it away, yes. Larry. 
Only if only he could have lived to see this. They <laughs> they would have done a bit where they put him in like a fucking uh, mecha suit or something. <laughs> Wheeled him out there. A hearty and booming hello to my trembling and ant-like followers. <laughs> what? Lariska. Now, if only Letterman could have seen <laughs> Battle Angel. <laughs> You're telling me she she's a young robot girl? Yeah. There's that great last few years of Letterman where he clearly stopped giving a shit and would just tell people he didn't like what they were promoting. <laughs> was it him? Oh, never mind. I was mis- I was fucking misremembering him and and uh, who's the, the the Jeopardy guy? Oh, um, which one? <sighs> the, ah, fuck. This me. is thrilling content. I know. I know. It's is... um. I don't remember. Ken Jennings or Alex Trebek? Trebek, Trebek. Okay. Because sometimes I don't know if you noticed. Like, go back and listen to them talk. They're kind of the same like cadence of voice sometimes. Yeah. Right. Like very like not snarky, but just like matter of fact when they don't give a shit. And yeah. I just remember because I, 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 I imagine Letterman doing this too, where like someone had mentioned like they are they're like they listen to video game music, they compose video game music or whatever because th- that's kind of like their online circles, just their immediate friends. Mm-hmm. And then Trebek was like, also known as losers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that last era of Trebek where he would just like shut people down. Yeah, like. and I think that's why my brain like compressed them into the same individual because I could see Letterman being like, oh, also known as losers. Mm-hmm. Anyways, none of that's a lead of Battle Angel. Go watch Leader it. would have been a good uh, Jeopardy contestant. She was just dropkick Trebek. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I will not stand by in the presence of evil. Yes. <laughs> Dropkick Trebek. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for watching. Like and subscribe. If you didn't like this episode, like and subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like. Goodbye. We have been professionally unprofessional. <laughs>